The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Group, and you can catch us on Goals TV, the YouTube, I mean, not the YouTube, the Netflix of soccer, it might be the YouTube also of soccer content, any any kind of streaming service that you could think of, of soccer content, is that's exactly what Goals TV is. But obviously, joining me in this episode is none other than my best friend and the other host of the show. You can't see his face, but you can see the insert AMFC logo over him. Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, Everybody's me. like, where's that voice coming from? Uh, the insert AMFC logo apparently has a voice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, what a what a what a week it was this past week. Um, I'm sure I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of shit for, and I'll and I'll, I'll definitely address it, but. Um, because I mean, I have to. I have to eat crow. I have to eat some crow today. But obviously, big, awesome event that I got to go to. I wasn't. I wasn't the front man for it. I just was. I was just going to be there. And that's obviously the uh, the La Liga watch party over in Pitch Twenty Five, uh, which was awesome. Really great event. Um, got to meet Diego Forlan. That was awesome. Um, even though he's an Allegro Madrid player and also played for Manchester United, some people may not remember that. Or some, honestly, some people probably right now don't even know who Diego Forlan is. Um, but, but obviously, if you guys if you guys like listen to the early, early days of Insert Name FC, you you would know Edward is is a big fan of uh, of Diego Forlan. Um, yeah. But, even though, even though, even though he he played for Atletico, but I respect him on the international level as well. Like he took Uruguay on um, in the World Cup. His free kicks were freaking insane. Like it just my my yeah, favorite man. story of of Diego Forlan. If, if we're gonna go ahead and do that, um, is definitely when er- everybody was struggling with that with the with the ball for the twenty ten World Cup, like. Apparently, like the 2010 World Cup was like the most, like difficult ball to work with, which some people may think that's kind of weird to hear. But was that <laughs> was that the one where we would always be like, "Digi technology"? Was that was that the one? <laughs> no, was no, that... that was the Champions no? League ball. No, that was no, the no. Champions League ball. Sw- like, I know it had to be what, like the. What was what was the name? What was the name of that ball? Oh, the oh, the one in the in the 2010 World Cup, like Janimbe. <laughs> The, 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 the I, I I was gonna say jambalaya, but I definitely know that's not it. Um, that's that. Q Q don't get the song jambalaya. Um, <laughs> uh, but it started with a J. It was like 
It was the ball for the World Cup. Maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll slap okay. the, so, the ball so, the ball right in front of us right here. Um, but apparently, so, so my 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 thing is like okay. So I've been watching One Piece, and there's a there's a pirate, there's a warlord, and his name is Jinbei. So that's why I was like, I think it's Janimbei. Like I, I was just making up a name. I was like, I think it's Janimbei, Janimbei. But yeah, sorry. No, no, go, no, go, 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 cook. Um. Let me see what it's called. Um, the Jambulani. The Jambulani ball. You were close. Jambalaya, Jambalani. I felt like uh, there was said, a reason why I kept saying the Jambalaya Jambalibe. ball. Like, now, now I, said, I remember. I said, I said, I said Jambalimbe. Jambalimbe. You know, I was like, I was close. Yeah. Jambal- we just knew the J- it started with a jaw. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so, like, apparently this ball, which I know this may sound crazy for people that don't play uh, soccer. Um. Or just maybe in sports in general, because I feel like there, I know there's like there's people that have certain preferences on, on, on are very particular about about the balls that are being used for sports. I'm trying to not, not get not get that's what she said by Ewa right now. Um, <clears throat> but so like for instance, quarterbacks. I know that I know like when I worked at Rice University, like the quarterbacks had like a specific preference on how the ball was to feel for them. Um, so like some of them like it, a, God, some of them like it a little sticky, um, some of them like it a little bit smoother. Um, it, this, this is just, this is just not going well for me here. Uh, um, some of them like it a little more deflated. Some of them like it a little bit more inflated. Jesus Christ. Anyways, yes. so athletes do have a preference on how the ball is. Um, I think even baseball, there's like a certain preference on how the ball is supposed to feel for them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but oh, obviously, man. but the John Bulani ball in the 2010 World Cup was said to be a very difficult ball to just figure out, you know, when especially if you're a free kick taker, um, you know, just trying to understand how to get the best out of the ball. I can't tell you anything of the mechanics of how a ball is supposed to function for a player because me and Edward, we had we grew up with one of the worst balls to ever be used for, for anybody, and it was unfortunately something that all old-timers wanted to use for pickup games, and that is, of course, the Mikasa ball. Oh, um, man. Which I like playing – so I like playing barefoot with those because that's the one that you, – you, you, it, it makes your skin tough, like – you know, that, the the fact that Edward had to say, I like using it when I'm barefooted because it makes my skin tough, should tell you how painful this ball is. Oh, and the bro. worst part is that this ball is indestructible. So we would try to, like, destroy the ball. So, like, like once again, this is, like, the old head soccer ball. Like, I mean, if you ever go, like, if you ever go, especially where we grew up at, if you go to the park and there's like a pickup game going, as soon as you see an older gentleman walking over to the to our pickup game, and they say, "Can I come in and we can use my ball?" and they have oh. this dusty, filthy Mikasa ball, but it's still intact. Like I mean, it's dusty because it's just been sitting in his garage all for like for God knows how long. He probably just barely inflated it not that long ago, and it still holds air. But still, everything's intact. The stitching is there. E- nothing has fallen apart. Like, honestly, I think I can get Robo Mikasa ball, and I don't think he could destroy it. And Robo's really good about destroying soccer balls. 
But I, I think I think he could destroy the inside of it, but not the outside. I think the outside would. Yeah, just, the outside would. It's not happening. But anyways, anyways, the Mikasa ball was definitely one of the balls that like most people would prefer not to play with, unless you just grew up playing with that ball, or you're old, um, and you just love seeing people in pain. Like, and Eric could tell you, like one of the one of the styles that I used to play, I would put my body on the line for a, to stop the ball by all means necessary, whether it's putting throwing my body in front of it. Or just slide tackling for no apparent reason, especially when I'm on turf. Um, like Edward can tell you, like I, I'm one of those guys that that is prepared to sacrifice my body. And when it comes to Mikasa ball, I am away from it by all means. <laughs> especially when they're like doing like a wood, like a maybe 25 meters, 20 meters free kick. Oh my god, I'm not on that. Like, I'm not. I'm not on that wall. <laughs> I am like, not on. The, wall, I'm not even wall, close. You're on like, oh, I don't want. I'm. To I'm I'm with the goalkeeper from my team <laughs> or the opposed, whoever the goalkeeper is furthest away from that ball. That's where I'm at. Uh, but, but yeah, so like, but like I said, some people just have a preference to a way a certain soccer ball feels. And the job Bolani ball was said to be one of the, the hardest to figure out. Once again, it's probably like weird for some people to hear that because obviously what's the difference between a ball, but apparently there's a lot of differences. I think it was like, Something about the stitching, the way the ball was designed. Once again, don't ask me. I just see ball, I kick ball. Um, but specifically, the Jabulani ball was said to be one of the most difficult balls to work with. Now, what? Di- and, and now we're now we're here. We're we're back to Diego Forlan. So what Diego Forlan did was he actually requested a a ball, a Jabulani ball, so he can practice with it. So he actually figured out the ball before everybody else could because no one was a thinker like he was. And he was one of the top scorers in that World Cup. So once again, the brilliance oh. of, Die- of Diego Forlan. And I believe that was actually his final World Cup because I, I don't think he was in 2014. No, that was, he wasn't. That was his final World Cup. And and so... Because wasn't, tw- wasn't 2014 the, uh, the one where Luis Suarez... Yeah, wasn't that the one where Luis Suarez like, threw his hand? Towards like whenever uh was it Ghana? No, that was twenty ten. That was twenty ten. Yeah, that's where the Ghana, the Ghana Uruguay uh beef started. Yeah. Yeah, because remember that's how that's how Ghana did not advance to the next round. And that's why in the recent World Cup, that's why they finally got the revenge on Uruguay. Uh man, okay. dude. Something about Luis Suarez and and people of uh of a certain origin. He just doesn't mesh well with them. Um, yep. But anyways, Diego Forlan, it was really cool to to meet the man in person. Um, has I mean, obviously he's gotten older. I mean, that's that's not that's, that's not shocking. That's a given. But the guy still looks like he can go out and play. <laughs> but it was really cool. Um, obviously, the result isn't what I was hoping for. But aside from that, it was a great experience. It was cool meeting. All the Madridistas that came, even the Atletico Madrid fans that were there, they were awesome. Um, but yeah, the result is the result, and we'll get to that when we talk about all our reactions. Um, but aside from that, man, it was really cool. Um, I was actually talking to the guys at Gold TV. I let them know um, we were talking about because you know they said, "Hey, send me a uh, send us a picture with you and and Diego Forlan if you ever get a, if you get a picture with him." And I did. I didn't get to meet him, so they were doing like a raffle where you actually got to sit and watch the game. With Diego Forlan, um, obviously I didn't win. Then <laughs> this this uh this story would have gotten a lot more interesting than what it is now. 
Um, but um, but still, I got a picture with Diego Forlan. Uh, it was a frenzy. And this is probably, like, the most I've ever seen Uruguayans. Um, actually, I feel like that was probably every single Uruguayan in Houston was was there that day. Uh, and, and I remember asking, like, some of the guys that, that are Uruguayan, I was like, hey, are, they a, are there a lot of you over here? And they're like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> they were very say, honest. Are, are, there, are there a lot of you over here? I like that. I like that. Are there a lot of you over here? Well, because yeah. obviously I was like, "You're okay. You guys are from Ottawa." And they're like, "Yeah, are there?" And that—that's when I asked, "Like, are there a lot of you that live here in Houston?" And they're like, "No, there's not a lot of us that live here in Houston." Um, and so I was just like, "Oh, okay." And they're like, "Where are you from?" I don't. I can't pick your. I can't depict your accent. I was like, "Oh, my family's from El Salvador." He's. They're like, "Really? I thought you were Mexican." And so I'm like, "All right. Well, thanks." <laughs> 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 Mind you, Hector has a very thick non. I'm American. Yeah, he has as a matter American fact, accent. As a as a matter of fact, in El Salvador, someone's like, "Dude, your Spanish is so American." I was like, "Yeah, I'm a gringo." I'm American. <laughs> You're like, "I'm American." Well, I am American, American so <laughs> spot on. <laughs> spot. I'm glad to know that my American accent is doing very well in Spanish. <laughs> But uh, no, but yeah, it's, but weirdly enough, I've been getting a lot of people saying that like, oh, from your accent, I thought you were Mexican. And so let that sink in Mexico. <laughs> and if you think and you if you think, oh, it's probably because they're not real Mexican. Hector Herrero thought I was Mexican. So I'm just going to let that let that sink in for you. <laughs> Actually, he had like literally the question was, uh, Hector, are you Mexican? I was like, no, my family's from El Salvador. Really? I'm like that, or my mom's birth certificate is very inaccurate. So, oh, man. so just let that sink in. Ache, ache, Captain Mexico thought I was Mexican. Let let that sink in, Mexico. He, he thought you were a no sabo kid. That's probably what he thought. No, he said my accent sounds Mexican, which I was like, that's shocking because my accent is non-existent. So that's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> no, but he thought I was like Mexican. Oh, like, like I'm from I'm from the F, which I'm like I am not. <laughs> yeah, you you really don't. No, no, no. Like I'm as Mexican as like Donald Trump is, so like <laughs> not even Jeez. within the sphere, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I'm more shocked if I get mistaken for Mexican, which I was. Um, but, but no, yeah, aside, no, but aside from that, though, like I said, awesome crowd. Great. Great to see people. Uh, great to see all that. Um, funny enough. And Edward knows this. I have like the biggest soft spot for Uruguay. Don't know why I have no clue why I like Uruguay so much, but like the Uruguay national team, like I have like a huge soft spot for them. Like I, you know, I root for Luis Suarez, Edison Cavani, Fernando Muslera, who I keep saying is underrated, but I don't know. He's, he's not looking too good recently. <laughs> Diego Forlan, like I don't know, and and then obviously you know Valverde is my adopted son, so like this dude, so like yeah, there's like a lot of, of of for some weird reason I just like Uruguay. I have I ever been to the country? No. Is there any reason for me to like that country? No. I just like the soccer team. <laughs> for what reason? I have no idea. I just seem to like a lot of players from that are Uruguayan, um, which I, I feel like a lot of us have that. Like I mean. 
there's that one random country that you just for some odd reason like I'm sure Edward has one. Uh Spain, Brazil. That doesn't count. What? That doesn't count. I said absurd, like random country. Brazil and Spain aren't random countries. Well, I mean one, we you watch Bar you watch Barcelona. So obviously and a lot of the players from Barcelona play for the Spanish national team. So obviously you're gonna like Spain. And then Brazil, we're Salvadorian. Obviously, we root for Brazil. So all right, all right. Well, <laughs> it's like in our uh, DNA. <laughs> uh, and don't say Mexico because you're kids. Because we we get it. Your uh, kids are half Mexican. Yeah, they're halfies. They're mutts. Um. Hey, at this point, that counts. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, what am I? What am I? What am I? What am I? Italian? Italian? Is that really a random country? I mean, I could say Bosnia. Okay, there you go. Bosnia. Wait, really? Yeah. Who? That's good. People at work. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. No, that's what I was like. Yeah, I didn't realize there was there was quite the Bosnian population in Sterling McCall. <laughs> but, no, b- believe it or not, they're too. Trust me, you run into all kinds of random people. That's fair. Like most ethnic group. Let me put it that way. Ethnic. That's groups. fair. Groups. Cars is a cars is also a very is a very uh what's it what's that phrase called? The world language. It's, it's the international yeah. language is cars. So. Yeah. But yeah. Aside from that, Phase 25 was awesome. Uh, great time. Met a lot of cool people. Um, Excuse me. Made some friends that are Atletico Madrid fans. So they said they wanted uh, to to hit up hit up a bar one day, watch some watch some matches at a pub. So we'll mm-hmm. see if that happens. But but yeah, you know it's always funny because like you do that when you go. I don't. I, I mean I don't know how 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 often you go out or like that. But like I've always like whenever I've gone out like. I, you know, we meet some cool people. They ask for my number, and then we're like, "Oh, we're gonna link up someday." Never hear from them ever again. So, I'm I'm just gonna assume that happens. But so I'm actually that, gonna that happens, was, that happens to it happens more than you think. Yeah. So I was talking to yeah. Gold TV, and I told him like, "Hey, I'm gonna keep an eye on if there's gonna be any more like similar type of events like that that would happen in in like just in Houston in general, not necessarily in Pitch Twenty Five, but like uh, if there was another event that would happen like that, so that way." You know, Jose can come to Houston and 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 come like you know experience it because obviously content, right? <laughs> um, so you know that's gonna be something that we're gonna try to do. Maybe so I'm gonna keep an eye on, uh, even if it's not like La Liga, maybe a Bundesliga match or something like that. Just keep an eye on for like those kind of big type venues where there's possible potential giveaways and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, you know, obviously this episode. We have overreactions. Obviously, we're, this is one of the, the newer segments that we have recently started. Uh, but we're going to do overreactions. Uh, no headlines this week, but we do have an interview. We have Andres Naranjo from the Foxtrot, the newest member of one of the newer members of Goals TV. So, you know, it's it's somebody that I've been wanting to interview in a very long time. Um, just because, like, I've I've been following uh, Fox shot 
for quite for quite a long time now. Um, and so it's, once again, it's one of those like since I started this podcast, uh, like my list of people that I've wanted to interview, and Andres was definitely one of those guys that I've been wanting to interview. So I finally got it done. Um, don't know why I waited so long to do it, but great interview. So, uh, so you guys get to enjoy that. And then, um, re- we're gonna recap the U.S. Open Cup final. Obviously, Houston Dynamo and Inter Miami are going up against each other to see who's gonna win the U.S. Open Cup. Um, so we'll recap that as well. Announce our players of the week. Give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. There is a huge. Huge rivalry match happening that you guys definitely should go above and beyond and watch. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. And then wrap this show up with a three up, three down. And the topic is team slash athletes we don't support. So I'm sure that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but aside from that, that's pretty much the, the sum up for the episode. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and then get going with our overreactions. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Belly up 20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. Jesus Christ, it's the X. Um, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram and X, forming X and forming known as Twitter. This is where I'm going to just say, fuck you, Elon Musk. This is just making things so much more complicated. Um, this rebrand is stupid. I thought it was cool initially, but now I'm just like, this is just annoying. You can't just. I mean, if it, if it, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, it, the. I, I don't know how else to say it, but it's like, it's literally the same thing as Twitter, just. Except you're no longer tweeting; you're posting. <laughs> you're posting. Yeah, right. Reposting. Reposting. Yeah, it's repost. A, eh, it, it's gonna take a while to, to really get used to that. But anyways. And then obviously TikTok, we're you know, I'm I'm being the old man learning all the all the filters and stuff about TikTok. Um, but follow us on TikTok at insert.name.fc. So if you guys will have some interesting topics for me to do, unless you guys want me to piss you off with another blind top ten, which I can just do that again. Uh, I'm really pissing off these two guys on there <laughs> with my top ten. Shit. 
<laughs> Especially when I put Mueller in, in six. <laughs> no, the... it's a blind top ten. Do you know do you not know how hard it is to like put somebody in top five and then have everybody in your top five done and at number one is the only thing you have left because you're thinking I might get messy and you get freaking real Ferdinand. Like I mean like it's it's really it's a risk. But then what happens if I don't if I if I you know the top five's gone and all I have is ape and I do get messy, then I'm the real asshole. So you know what? I'm fine with putting KDB and, and Mueller at like six and eighth. <laughs> but it, it it is hard because you want to give them a good a good ranking, but at the same time you're like, I might get somebody better. <laughs> Which most time yeah. you probably don't. Dude, I was surprised, like I think your number three should have been your number one. I forgot who your number three was. From recently? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe it was like the I did. First I one, did maybe. two of them. The first one I had Sergio. That's when I had Rio Ferdinand, and um, I think my number three was Sergio Ramos. Then, yeah, but it should have like been number dude, one. Yeah, I feel like that would have been your number one pick. I was oh my god, I, I was so mad when I got Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I probably should have like, should have put KDB at one. <laughs> You're like, damn, have it, bro. Yeah. The last one I think I did actually fairly good at. I think aside from maybe maybe Johan Cruyff should have been over uh, Gigi Buffon. But either way, that's actually not that bad. But that could have probably been switched. And then aside from putting Thomas Mueller at number six, um, probably would have been. But, I mean, five was like Conte. Six, uh, fourth was uh, Wesley Snyder. Snyder. Uh, who was my number three? I know number two was Rohan Cruyff. Obviously, number one was Gigi Buffon. What was my number three? I don't remember that. I don't remember. It had to be a good one, though. Anyways, if you guys want to see me continue pissing off people, just go to TikTok. Just go 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 check out TikTok. Once again, at in you know at insert.name.fc. I'm actually really gonna look this up now. This is gonna take too long. Anyways. Um. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. So if you guys want to get pissed off at like me doing a blind, maybe I'll do an, uh, maybe then tomorrow I'll do another blind top ten. See see uh, who who else I can piss off doing that. Um. But wait, no, this is the first one. No, wait, no, that is the first one. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh. But yeah, go ahead and check us out on TikTok as well. But all right, just like everyone getting mad at me for. For putting uh, for putting Thomas Mueller at number six. What's your overreaction from this past week? Uh, my overreaction. Oh, oh. Totti was number three. Ah, that's who it was. Totti was number three. Oh man, that should have been your number one then. Over Buffon. Oh, oh, on the recent one. Oh, okay, no, no, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. No, okay, so what's your overreaction? My overreaction. Uh, uh, I would say I would go first, but you obviously you know there's a, a long rant happening from it. My overreaction. Uh I wanna say 
you know what? I mean, don't wanna don't wanna put your shit out there, but the Arsenal game. What about it? Uh, I don't remember. Wait, let me see. Is it Arsenal no, bad? Is it Arsenal good? No, that's on. Hold on, hold on. It was a two-two. <clears throat> No, then it wasn't the Arsenal game. It was a, it was an EPO game that I was like, really, really, like really. Isn't that like, basically uh, every Manchester United game you've ever watched? No, actually, uh, the Chelsea game. I thought Chelsea was gonna Ooh. be. Oh man! It, it, it was okay. Like, I, I, what's your reaction for this one? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so the tackle. That wasn't necessary, like what he did. Um, he that tackle was legit, like just the gusto, the tackle. He was just like that oh. tackle. I could tell it wasn't like an actual. He didn't really want to hurt the dude. He just went in there with the cleats, but it was like right on his foot, right on his ankle, like right on it too. And I was just like, that just looked bad. It just looked bad. Uh, from when they even when they checked the VAR and everything, it was bad. But I mean, Aston Villa took advantage of it, and Chelsea just couldn't couldn't do anything, bro. I was like, it was just bad altogether. No, no lie. Um, that was so my overreaction for that game is like I thought Chelsea was gonna win by like a margin of like two, three, zero, maybe. But damn, like nothing. Nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah, I think I think more and more we're we're starting to realize that this that Chelsea's seasons like they're looking like a banter club. It's done. It's done. Yeah, it's 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 rough, man. There's a there's a guy on TikTok. Funny how TikTok kind of ends up coming back here. Um his name I think his name is Young Kippa. Um he just like it's funny though, because like obviously you know, props for the confidence. Uh, one, the fact that he's you know coming on making videos on TikTok, even though he knows he's gonna get massively trolled. Um, he, 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 you know what? He, I gotta say he's the king of hot takes right now, because he's like, uh, one of the one of his takes was like, you know why no one cares about the Champions League this year? It's because Chelsea's not in it. And I was just like, I don't think that's it, man. <laughs> I really don't think. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm excited about this Champions League this year. <laughs> but I don't think I, I don't. I don't think anybody's complaining about the Champions League. I think you're complaining about the Champions League because your team's not in it. Um, yeah, right. But uh, so he was just like, "How are you going to call us a banter club? Like we're going to destroy Aston Villa." And I, this guy is lately has been getting jinxed like massively. Um. It's funny too because he actually keeps calling Manchester United Manchester United, which obviously because they're he's basically saying Manchester United is also a banter club, which he's not that wrong on that one. Um, he's not that nope. far off on it, but yeah, no Chelsea. It is it has not been pretty for Chelsea so far this season. Um, I don't even know how many results they've gotten so far. I think they got one win recent. They got one win this season. Um, but yeah, it's it's been poor performances, and the worst part is that they are not doing well against the the teams they should be beating, like Aston Villa. They should be beating Aston Villa. They should be beating Bournemouth. Uh, did they beat Bournemouth? 
I think they lost to Bournemouth, but, or they drew with Bournemouth. I don't know. They just have not been playing like everyone expected them to play. Obviously, once again, they're going to get thrown. People are going to keep flying over that huge price mark, that the huge amount that the club has been spending since Todd Bowley has come over to the club. And it's just like, it's not getting any better. Um, yeah, Chelsea is a, it's not looking great for them. You know, definitely probably is going to finish mid table this season, unless, and, and then that's the argument though, right? Like when you're talking about Chelsea, it's not like they didn't sign good players and injuries, injuries have definitely hurt them so far. Oh yeah. So, I mean, like who's to say when certain guys get healthy, uh, when, you know, the talent finally starts living up to their expectations. Chelsea, I wouldn't say Chelsea is going to finish and win the Premier League or anything like that, but it's still early to say that their season's over by any means. I think that's like the other thing too. But yeah, it it, it is. This is a really rough start for Chelsea this season. Dude, you're no lie. It is really rough. Yeah. So. I I I get what you're saying with that one, that, but yeah, Chelsea. Like, I, but I do say, like, I do say with the Aston Villa game, they should have beat Aston Villa. Like everybody's all excited because uh, what you call it? Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Everybody's all excited because for one, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool has been they've been on a good streak so far. Yeah, I believe you know? Liverpool right now is in second. But once again, it is too early to start looking at the rankings like that, uh, looking at the table like that. So, but yeah, Liverpool's been looking pretty solid. Um, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Arsenal's been looking solid, but obviously they're they haven't lost a game. Um, which I'm, <laughs> which I'm, like, they haven't lost. So technically, technically. Uh, and then obviously there's Tottenham, who also hasn't lost a game. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting how this Premier League season is looking. But uh, Chelsea, I mean, I still think that there's still plenty of time to fix to to get things going. You would hope all the money that they spend that the players are worth those evaluations. Like you're hoping Caicedo is going to be the guy that they thought he's going to be. Um, you're hoping Enzo could be that guy in the midfield. You're hoping that I I think they're actually looking at trying to get Mudrick out of the out of our out of Chelsea right now, um, which was obviously the guy that you know Chelsea won over after, uh, even though he was like saying he wanted to go to Arsenal, which at this point I'm kind of relieved that he's over there because turns out he's not that good, um, but and then but you know obviously their big signing was in Cuckoo, and well he's injured so I, like I said Chelsea. It there. It's not like it's over for Chelsea. I, I'm not gonna say it's over for them, but obviously with injuries and all that, like it's definitely not a great start to to their season. But I mean, who's to say? I think Chelsea could probably turn things around. I mean, Pochettino isn't that bad of a coach. I mean, right now it's looking like that, but um, maybe there was a reason why we trolled him so hard. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it, it just it wasn't it, it's just not looking great for Chelsea, and so like yeah, the seed's gonna be it's gonna be hot. Like I mean, we all we already know how many times Chelsea has, especially like within the past season, how they're quick to moving on from managers. You know, they got rid of Tuchel, which now is starting to seem like maybe we should have kept Tuchel. Um, so which 
was like the most bizarre thing to me was that that they did let go of Tuchel because, you know, me and Edward, we both said some really positive notes about Tuchel. We, I still think he's one of the best defensive-minded managers in, in the game. Um, and, I mean, yeah, okay, everyone's going to say, well, like, look what he's doing at Bayern Munich. I'm like, you kind of – you're supposed to look like that in Bayern Munich. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, Hansi Flick, he looked great. Turns out he's not a great international coach. Um <laughs> I think Julian Nagelsmann, who actually was fired to bring in Tuchel, is now coaching Germany. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how that ha- the you know the jury's out for for Nagelsmann. I, I hope I hope Julian Nagelsmann uh, pans out. But like, but now Thomas Tuchel obviously doing his thing with with uh with Bayern Munich, and you know now Chelsea some Chelsea fans are like, man, maybe we should have kept Tuchel. And I'm one of those people that was like, damn, y'all should y'all should have kept Tuchel. Um, what was done is done, man. I'm sure. I, that, that's the thing, though. What what does Chelsea do here? Like, do they start freaking out and just start firing people, or, or you know, kind of like similar to what other teams right now, like Arteta? I don't know how many times people have been saying fire Arteta. I think even I have said it at one point. And you know, Arsenal stay, stuck stuck through the course, and now he's working out for Arsenal. <laughs> the jury is up there for Ten Hag. I mean, if he keeps. Insulting his players in press conferences, that's not a great way to look to do it. But, I mean, he's still, you know, it's still early to decide whether or not Ten Hogg's tenure is is good or not. So, I mean, like, there's benefits to wanting to just fire people, obviously. But, like, at the same time, like, you're starting to see teams like Arsenal, you know, that it, it worked for Arsenal, that, that they were able to stay committed to one coach. And, and clearly, he's he's rode the ship right. You know, and, and you know, now I'm I'm assuming that that's what Manchester United are hoping they can do the same with Ten Hag, uh, which is let him let him cook and see where it goes, um, and then obviously now with Chelsea, like, do you let do you let po- Pochettino cook or, or is it time to let him go? Oh yeah, I mean I think he still has time. He still has time. It's uh, once again, it's still early. Like it's it's not like we're like. It's not like it's it's December already or anything like that, but it, it's early to be freaking out right now. But uh, but yeah. All right, my overreaction is uh, all my concerns about Real Madrid were justified. Been coming true. Were justified from Saturday. I came to, I don't know wow. how many times I, co- I I mentioned on this podcast, I do not like the 4-4-2 diamond formation for this team. Bro, well, well, I was going to ask you, so is Vinny, is Vinny hurt? Vinny's, Vinny's hurt, hurt, right? Yeah, okay. he's hurt. I was wondering, I was like, man, I was like, what the hell is going but on? Even, I was, I, I, even, even if Vinny was on the field, I don't think the result was would would have changed. Maybe it's 3-2, but the result would have not changed. Like, right I'll, now... Right now, Real Madrid is as good as Jude Bellingham could take him right now. Jude Bellingham has been the only guy carrying the team, even when Vinny was on the field. Like, because the problem, the problem right now is that Vinny and Rodrigo are both used to being wide. Yeah, they're, they're used to playing wide. So, like, and you can like if you if you're watching Real Madrid's games, even when Vinny was there, you can see him just not be comfortable being central. Like, you see him trying to veer off and go to the wing. And so, like, and obviously they go wide, and that's where they're comfortable at. But once it's time to like send the ball over, there's nobody in the middle 
to sink that in unless, you know, basically Jude Bellingham is playing that nine spot in some sense. Um, but yeah, Bellingham has been the been what's literally been carrying this team. I've said it. I mean, I may joke about it, but I'll, I'm also dead serious about it. Jude Bellingham has been carrying this team so far. Um, and and, and I, I'm sure everyone's going to be like, oh, he's just doing tap-ins. And I'm like, hey, goals are goals regardless of, of where it comes from. Um, even even my hysterical goal that I scored in, in indoor soccer, like that still counted. Um, as funny that as it, toe poke, it, the toe poke of the century, it I didn't hit it with my toe. If anything, it was like the bottom of my foot. Um, <laughs> that doesn't help the cause anywhere, anywhere else. But yeah, it was, it was it, yeah. But it goes in the back of the net. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, right. But like, was interesting, and I I think I'm not saying that like the guys at Gold CV like thought of me of any way, but I think that there were some people that thought that I was like a delusional Real Madrid fan. When I have made, I have been very clear. Never can tell you this. I am not a delusional Real Madrid fan. When the team sucks, I will tell you it sucks. Um, yep. and I'm not gonna say that this team sucks because obviously they've been getting results. They've been able to stay in games, but defensively they got exposed by Antoine Griezmann. And of course, bro, when you have Griezmann, Griezmann was on fire. Bro. When you have wow. Mister Mister Revenge Game. Um, Alvaro Morata. Alvaro Morata, yeah, that dude um, there. That guy will be quiet the whole year, but the second he gets a he gets a revenge game, he's going off. Like, yeah. he there's a reason why he's a journeyman. He, yeah, <laughs> like that dude, that dude there. I swear, like every, and it's always against Real Madrid. It's always against Real Madrid. Like, he he can score goals and stuff, and it's but like they're not as intense as as those. Like, dude, the headers that he did on the, on those, bro, they were fucking intense. Like, yeah, he's he's Mister Revenge Game. Like, that's <laughs> literally like if if a team could if they could just if they could if 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 like like Liga wanted to, they could maybe just like let teams just fight, like release Morata, and so that Morata could just play whoever Real Madrid's got next, just to see if this pro- if it, if this fact is proven. But but yeah, right. like Morata just once again. Mr. Revenge game had his had his day, but defensively, like it it was just not great from Real Madrid. Once again, like Fran Garcia has his positives, but defensively, there you know there's his issues. Um, you know, Eder Militao was definitely missed in this game. Um, yeah, you know, Kepa's inexperience was shown was 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 shown. Uh, and I don't want to blame the game on Kepa because those the goals that were scored on him was I don't think it was it, it was at all like entirely his fault. Um, some people were like, "Oh man, Courtois would have stopped that." Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, mm, uh, mm. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Mm. I, I think I think we would have gotten the it's same result. It's a bit result. skeptic. The the way the defense played today, it was just clear. It they Atletico Madrid was the better team by 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 far, not even close. Like they. They came in with the great, the great game plan, with a better game plan, uh, and obviously, if there's one thing about Atletico Madrid that I can tell you for a fact is that team's got some dogs. Like, I mean, yeah. freaking dogs on that team, um, bro. And, I think and, I think it has, to do, it has and, to do with Simeone, bro. It, it makes it so much Simeone, sense bro. why Simeone brings these guys. Like, it's funny because they look like head scratchers to you for a second, and then when you really take a good look at them, you're like, I can see why. They they're here because it it's a they're a Diego Simeone guy, 
Uh, like they're yeah. just straight no, up it, dude. Dogs. Okay, so even even after the second goal, even after the second goal, you don't see Simeone like celebrating or whatever. Like he's literally talking to his player. He's like, "Hey man, I need you to do this, 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 this." And then that's when he was like, uh, he was still saying his instructions. Like he didn't yell and did his whole celebration or anything. He was just like, "All right, yes, cool, all right." And then he calls in the midfielder. He's like, "Hey, come here." And he's talking to him. He's like, hey, man, I need you to do this. Just tell these guys to do this. Like, like basically, he's trying to direct everything to make sure we keep this lead, we keep this win. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a Simeone. Like, that's a Simeone standard. Like, he will not just be like, yeah, go, like, jump and celebrate and everything and then just stay, like, it's, on his side. And it's because no, he, he knows. He, it's because he knows. And the thing – and obviously the thing that he knows is, especially when you're talking about Real Madrid and Barcelona, like – they can easily come back. And it, it was looking that way, especially from that Tony Cruz goal. Like, it looked like, okay, they're starting to rally, they're, and they're, they're passing the ball a little bit better. But once again, it was at that that final moment. They, they just couldn't execute. Overall, the ball I would say the ball distribution was very good again for Real Madrid. It was just, once again, just one little error, especially in that final third, where it was like, hey, all right, let's, let's finish it off. Let's put it in the back of the net, and nothing happened. Once again, I I still say it it does come back to the fact that the four the four four two diamond is not working for Real Madrid. It is just it's not working for them. You need guys like Rodrigo and 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 I, I, once again, I know Vinicius is out for injury. Once again, I think some people thought that I was delusional because I didn't realize Vinicius. I know Vinicius is not playing, but I pointed it out many plenty of times, even with Edward, Edward knows that Vinicius. Mm-hmm. I think Vinicius does not look comfortable on the wing, uh, like playing central, and Rodrigo, who has played more often. Uh, like central, it, you can still see that he would prefer to be out wide. Like at this point, just Ancelotti, I beg of you, just try the four three three, put Jose Lu up top, and let's just see what it looks like. Like I mean, why are we calling it off before we even give it a real fair shot? Like Jose Lu was actually a good forward, a good number nine last season for La Liga. I know he's not he's not who we wanted him to we wanted to get originally, but he he is the only nine we have. Yeah, unless you want to all of a sudden use Kamavinga as a nine, um, but like <laughs> I really doubt that's gonna happen. But that, that's just a joke that he just puts Kamavinga everywhere. Hey, and, but the, no joke though the the freaking shot that Tuchemini did, dog, that was a nice shot. I yeah, thought, it was. I really thought that was going. Also, in. also, it was like I low just, centered, and I was like, Damn. "Also, if Rudiger, I swear to God, if Rudiger takes another for no odd reason outside, way outside the box shot, I want that guy sold. <laughs> like, I want this guy out of Real Madrid if he tries that one more. He's done this too many times, too too many times now for me. Where it's like, bro, what are you doing? Just pass the ball, just keep the ball in possession. What are you trying to do? With this outside outside the box shot, like, and it's not even remotely close to accurate. So, like, yeah, I think uh, I'm not. He's a fan trying, of... man. He's trying. He's I'll trying. Give... <laughs> okay, cool. E for effort, but it's just like no, like, keep moving the ball around, and then we'll get our we'll get our open opportunity. But it's just yeah. And once again, like, kind of what I said last week, it's I feel like someone just has to pull something out of their ass for us to get a result, and. You know, Tony Cruz, he pulled something out of his ass. And unfortunately, it didn't work out because they still lost. And it, it once again, if you told me who was the better team on the field in general, it was Atletico Madrid. 
They stuck to their game plan. They were they took it fair advantage of their opportunities when they had the ball. Um, defensively, I mean, once again, they're dogs. So and once and, and obviously Jan Oblak, I've told you many times that I think he's the best goalkeeper in the world, even though it's definitely more recently Mark Mark Stegen. But like, which now apparently Manchester United wants Jan Oblak. Um, but like, yeah, Real Madrid can't expect to be playing like this, especially when you're going against like actual contenders. I still think Real Madrid is going to compete this year. I still think that they can tar- easily turn things th- turn things around this season. It's still once again it's early, but I think that this was a clear indication of why I'm not a fan of the four four two formation. Yes, we're loaded with midfielders, but that doesn't mean we haul the the we we change the formation up to benefit. And honestly, like Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, we need to start moving on from them. Like have them play like either they start and they come off in the second half or they come off the bench and, and just be like that second win for the team. But like, we just, we got to see what, what, what this midfield is going to look like with Kamavinga, you know, uh, Valverde and, 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 and Shumeni and, and Bellingham. Like we need to start seeing what these kids can do, what these younger guys can do at, at this point. Like I, I, I love Luka Modric. I love Tony Cruz. Like they've given me so many great years as a Real Madrid fan, but we need to start moving on from these guys. And we need to start seeing what we have in 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 Valverde and Bellingham. Well, we know what we what we're getting from Bellingham, but what we're get what we're getting from Valverde, what we're getting from Shomani, uh, and what we're getting from Kamavinga, because like you're they're not really getting those opportunities. And the diamond isn't gonna the the reason why I don't like the diamond is because realistically, if we do get Mbappe, realistically, if we do go get our number nine, we're gonna go back to the four three three. So why are we playing a formation yeah. that we know we're not going to use, especially when the four three D has been our bread and butter for these past couple of years? Just stick with what, what the game, the club's game plan, the, the club's mentality has been for so many years. I get it; we have a lot of midfielders, but let's let's play to our strengths, and our strengths is our wings, not our fullbacks. Because mm. you're that's and I mean Frank Garcia has been very uh, beneficial off of the wing play, but to be honest, like. If 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 that's the case, then just make him a fucking winger because like he has been a defensive liability this season. Uh, so like I, I I like it's clear that we can't we can't go off of the we can't we can't dress the we can't you know have our fullbacks be like the main contributors on the wing. It has to be our wingers. That's why we have Rodrigo and why we have Vinicius. That's why you gave him eleven and seven was to be our guys on the wing. Just let's see who our number nine could be. That's all I'm asking. <clears throat> and I know it's not Jose, yeah. but I mean the guy at least scored a goal. Yeah. And if not, oh, then God. just put Jude Bellingham at nine. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be the new number nine. Yeah, <sighs> but I'm sure I'll be I'll be rooting for Real Madrid once again. Obviously, it's my club. Um, but yeah, that's my overreaction. Uh, I don't know if you if you have anything else to say about Real Madrid. Um, if anything, I think this loss was a huge eye opener to like where the flaws are with that with that formation. So at least there's that. But I'm sure we're gonna, I'm sure come this week we're gonna have another four four two diamond formation again. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully Vinny gets back. <laughs> 
Dude, I mean, it, and it's been clear because, like, even if you look at the Union Berlin game, like, oh, my God. Like, I told you, I'm going to have a heart attack every every game. Every game is going to be a heart attack for me because it's going to be one of those down-the-wire games where, you know, I'm either, like, we're just draw, we're just tied for the whole game and then all of a sudden Jude Bellingham, like I said, Jude Bellingham or somebody pulls something out of their ass and then we get the dub. Or, like, it's just going to be those narrow wins and, like, you know, I'm I'm glad that they can win games like that, but I want some comforting wins, especially against teams that we should be beating in that manner. Like, I mean, I had to see freaking Barcelona destroy Celta Vigo. We barely beat Celta Vigo. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and yeah, it's frustrating. So, like, I know this team isn't going to – they're not clear favorites. Don't think I think that they're clear favorites to win La Liga. I think they can compete, but don't think I think they're clear favorites to win it. Mm, I think, well, okay, okay. Unless we get Mbappe, then then I'm gonna be so annoying. <laughs> Bro, so annoying. I'm, You're gonna I hate thinking, me. <laughs> well, I, I started I started thinking about something. So I think now this is a reach. I think that Man City is going to end up getting Mbappe. And I they're just you. going to I be... Hate I hate you so much I, right now. The, the thing is, like, they have the funds, and I, I feel like they have the moves. Like, they'll make the move. They'll be like, whoever's on our left wing, we're going to go ahead and move him around, or he's just going to play. They're going to give Mbappe Jack spot. Really? <laughs> Bro, honestly, yes. Honestly, I, I really think so. Like I, I really think so because um, there, it's. I think it's. It would be an insane fucking front line just with Haaland and Mbappe right there, like in their front line, bro. Like that would just be insane. And then who would be? Who would be? And I mean, you you got to see who's also feeding them is Phil Foden, you know, like. I mean, I, 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 I see your point, but I just think, like, if these two are wanting to compete for Ballon d'Ors, I think them being on the same team would, would not help them. Like, No, I know that, but the thing is, like, you got to think about it. I mean, I, you're making a valid point. I, I'm not disagreeing with it. I agree. Manchester City probably, if anyone has, like, the funds to get get Mbappe, to have the best of both worlds, to have Mbappe and Holland on the same team, is definitely Manchester City. I personally don't want that to happen because obviously I'm investing in Real Madrid and I would hope that Mbappe, who keeps fucking teasing me that he's going to go to Real Madrid, is going to finally go to Real Madrid. But I mean, even though I would freaking if he goes if they if he goes to the EPL, that's freaking get my popcorn twice twice a year to see Mbappe and and Holland. I get I I'm guaranteed two matches and who's to say they go they don't face off in the FA in like the FA Cup or the or the, or the Carabao Cup, like that's just. I'm not going to say no yeah. to that, but like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't feel, I, I feel like Mbappe would want to go somewhere where he's competing against Holland, not necessarily team up with him, but I get what you're saying. Like if, if there's a place that could like, to, that could have both, it's definitely, it's definitely matches the city. Um, which once again, I hope that doesn't happen. And I hate you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's anything else, yeah, that's the overreactions uh, for this week. Um, 
So once again, no headlines. So we'll go ahead and go straight to our inter- to my interview with, uh, well, our interview with Andres Naranjo of the Foxtrot. All right, guys. There's a lot of people that I follow, especially in Houston, uh, to keep me informed with the Houston Dynamo alongside with Glenn Davis and, and many others. But this guy is definitely some that I do get notifications. I make sure because he, he's definitely on top of it. Um, and that is Andres Naranjo, more so known as the Foxtrot. Um, you can also find him on Noodle Time as well. But uh, Andres, thanks for thanks for giving us some time. Actor, thank you so much for bringing me in. Uh, definitely good to be on other platforms to talk about soccer, especially people that are based in Houston and just trying to grow the game. Yeah, exactly, man. And speaking of the game, man, um, obviously, first question we always ask every single guest is, how'd you get into this game? What was that moment that you were all in into this beautiful game called soccer, football, or football, however the hell you want to call it? No, yeah, since I was a kid, uh, I've been uh, a fan of Real Madrid and still am to this day, but I, I, I was like born and raised in Venezuela, so I was never, I never really got to go to their games, really. Obviously, I had like a lot of local clubs, like in Caracas, that's where I'm from, in Venezuela, and and just moving to Houston right around when I was uh, 13, that's when I really started following the sports teams around town. And I didn't really like start following the Dynamo up until like a couple of years later when I went to my uh, first Dynamo game, which was the uh, Instant Conference semifinal against Kansas City back in 2011. And like something just clicked on me after that game because like I just like felt really addicted and, and the Dynamo quickly just became a favorite team. And ever since then, it's been like a, a a love story. Honestly, like there's a lot of ups, ups and downs. And obviously the dash coming in uh, sometime later on, like just a lot of soccer that I've been able to follow locally, which is a thing that I've been missing a lot uh, moving out of Venezuela. And no, man, and all the, obviously we have like uh, the games in Europe. We can just like watch that on, on uh, with a tap of a finger. And it's just crazy how, how like how things advance when it comes to soccer coverage. But my main thing was just obviously watching the game in person, and I'm glad that I have that product here. That's awesome. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Venezuela. You got the Venezuelan flag flag over there in the background. Um, kind of similar with the with with America, where your country is not necessarily known for for its soccer. It's growing, definitely growing. Um, Especially if you guys are Houston Dynamo followers, uh, keep an eye out for Enrique Correa. He's a Venezuelan kid that actually plays through the academy system right now for the Dynamo. And also keep an eye out for David Garcia, another Venezuelan uh, academy pro- high prospect for the Dynamo right now. But uh, but yeah, kind of you have like some similarities where Venezuela is not necessarily known for soccer. Um, so how would you say the soccer how soccer has grown so far um, in Venezuela? It's been a slow growth. Um, I can definitely bring up the fact that it's been uh, most of it comes from uh, uh, political issues. But historically speaking, like before uh, the current the current political times, uh, Venezuela has not been like a soccer nation historically, and it, it we've really started adopting soccer extremely late, uh, probably like around two thousands when things just started like getting serious and. And 
And just to give you an example, really, like the highest we've been in the in Copa America uh, was the semifinals, and that was back in 2011. And we've been in the competition for like probably definitely way, way, way before I was born, even before my dad was born. So, like, we have a we still had like a national team back then, but like nothing, nothing really to like break break home about because like it's been like it's been like constant losses after losses. But that was a long time ago. Uh, the sport is catching up especially with like um younger um uh young kids like uh, living in Venezuela as well as abroad now uh only I'm I'm only saying that because baseball is our national sport since like the beginning of time and we produce like probably the um the best uh, baseball players out there still but as to say that is soccer ever going to catch up to that level? It's definitely still a question to be answered and probably uh, could change like years and years uh, from now. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the production of, of players that, that is happening right now. The investment that is uh, being poured into the Federation, uh, even though a couple of years ago there was an issue with our uh, our head coach. Um, they, they was in charge for uh, this upcoming cycle and and it, we're kind of restarting things anew, but and and the World Cup qualifying uh, phases started, and we we lost one game, and we won uh, the current one, and I'm just excited for that. And it just got, kind of goes to show like how like a slow progression as as things are, especially how the, the sports growing in my country. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's very similar to like the U.S., where soccer is not necessarily the most popular sport. I think it's obviously a little different, but. I think it's it, coming from two. I think you can probably relate a little bit with the U.S. in some level, um, but obviously the you know Foxtrot, you you saw your first Dynamo game. It was back in 2011 Eastern Conference. Also, by the way, what a game to be getting into the Dynamo. By the way, for that one, oh, definitely like some of the good the golden years of the Dynamo. I would say, um, but from from there, you, obviously you got invested into the club. And where was it where you were like, you know what? I don't see a lack of coverage. How do I get myself into it? Where what was that moment for you? No, honestly, when I was still in school, like around 2015, I was like, I should do something about it because like I like this team too much and it's it's kind of like an un- unhealthy obsession and I want to share that passion with others. So I pretty much just started mainly on, on Twitter and that's where things are still right now, but like over time, it's been just like constant growth and just getting to meet new faces because of that. And and yeah, back in school, I was just like, maybe she just created like a some sort of away supporters group for the Dynamo because at the time when I started that page, I, I, I moved to Austin for school and that's where I'm currently at still. But but yeah, like it, it didn't work out very well because I was still a minor and it was going to be like a little bit weird to to plan around like uh, watch parties and all that uh, at bars, but, but then I was like, man, yeah, she just rebranded to like a page that just fall- that dedicates to following the Dynamo and and Dash and and at the time it was also RGVFC when they were partnered with Dynamo, but but yeah, it started that way and and as I was growing, like obviously as a, as a, getting uh getting to adulthood and, and all that, getting to learn more about. Uh, MLS and WSL and and just how things work and uh, when it comes to soccer in the in North America, 
like it, it definitely helped me understand things much better and obviously that experience that that i went through especially with um a, a lot of bad animal seasons and and that's just well it, it it was hard but at the end of the day like it, it was a very i'll say like good experience to like get to know how how low can we go and what can we learn from it and and yeah like it's it's been an interesting balance like uh, thankfully there's been like some highs like along the way when it comes to both teams and i'm just happy that i was able to experience that you know, you mentioned the 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 tough times, um, and obviously you're over here trying to build this platform, the Foxtrot, to be informative for the fans. Because I'll be honest with you, at, at some cases I felt like you were the only source of information to a lot of the fans because we didn't know what was going on, we didn't know about any potential signings or or any of that nature, and it was mainly you doing that that hard work, that grind. Um, obvi- and I think that this is something for anybody that does any sort of content creation or even creating a platform where you have to follow a team, especially when you're invested, not only as a kind of like a journalistic, you know, investment, but you're also a fan. And I'm sure that you had those days where you're like, I really don't want to, I don't really want to fucking follow this team today, but honestly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So what was that, that motivation for you to keep going, even when times were getting rough? Like, honestly, my motivation especially when I started, like there were, there were uh, a couple of beat writers uh, flying around the Dynamo that just really inspired me to, to just go to the next level. And I'm only saying that because they were covering the team, uh, despite the team going, being just in really bad shape and, and really just, just killing the fan base to, to an extent. And and like over time, like I've been able to like learn, learn how they really managed to get all the news and all that. And they've been doing a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting compared, uh, compared to me because like they, they were the actual journalists. And I was like, even though I like to still seek the answers, like they were providing, uh, those, like those answers to us, like in that specific platform. And I was more than happy to just, to just try and, resonate that with like the fan base as well as the other casual fans that don't necessarily follow the animal to uh to to follow those types of th- that, that kind of news and and no yeah like oh, uh, the thing that really like uh, also this happened over time like the beat writers either stopped working for like the newspapers or the publications or just stop like a cut off the team completely just to move on to something else it it, it was um really uh, kind of upsetting only because we that's we pretty much just lost a source and it, it was it was getting hard to uh, try to keep a beat of that team and that's kind of, kind of where we at right now because uh the since i started like the beat writers that i trusted a lot that have that were dedicated to the animal are pretty much just gone like given there's like there's there, there's definitely national writers that made may say something about the dynamo here and there, but they're not fully dedicated to to the dynamo. And that's really sad to me because there's those journalists that are still like to this day are dedicated to other teams, but the dynamo really don't have anything because like it's either it's not like really feasible for publications or or it's really not not worth that that time. And that's something that I really want to do like over time. Uh obviously like I don't 
I don't get I don't have like a direct source to the team to like give me those types of news, but at the same time, uh with my experience I've been able to to try and sort out like what's actually true and what's just like a really bad rumor and and just really try to to share uh, those types of news uh, over time. Yeah, I, obviously, you know, you build your partnerships and, and you know, you, you mentioned that about, you know, losing so many beat writers that have committed to this game. And it, yeah, as a fan, like I said, frustrating, especially growing up in Houston, where Houston, I, you know, everyone talks about soccer capitals. I am not here to tell you that Houston's the soccer capital of the U.S. in any way. Uh, I will tell you it's New Jersey just because, I mean, look how many players have come out of New Jer- that New Jersey area. But, I mean, Houston has its uniqueness. It, it, it's always been, to me, like an untapped market um, just in general when it comes to this game. But um, if you could, if you would be able to best describe the soccer culture in, in Houston, what would that be to you? It's, it's just vast, really. You're going to see all kinds of soccer fans in there. And the main thing about Houston is obviously that soccer is not the most popular sport. But you will notice right away that there's there's families that have kids that, that play soccer, and also uh, the families that follow soccer religiously that are are from different countries that follow their specific teams, especially like European soccer, Mexican soccer, Latin American soccer, and just like all kinds of all those kinds of backgrounds. And I'm only saying that because I experienced that, and and we've already seen it whenever like the the European tour comes to Houston or just like Liga MX teams like just show up and just sell out either NRG Stadium or Shell Energy Stadium or I know that also goes for international matches that happen for the Gold Cup or or the Copa America that happened a few years ago and is potentially coming back very soon and not to mention that we're also going to host the World Cup so that tells you a lot we have like a like a vast uh, like a really like vast collection of of soccer fans that just live in houston and just that are very knowledgeable about the game no yeah i agree i remember when um a few years ago they brought two teams from colombia and, and i was like who's gonna go watch a, a colombia game and next thing you know shell energy Stadium was packed uh and, and and so like for me just like you said like there's cases that shows that houston can fill up you know shell energy and i mean it has over the years like you know especially the golden era for the houston dynamo back when brad davis was the captain of that team but like when we had that went that undefeated streak uh we had plenty examples of filling up that stadium but what is it that's missing that that how come we can't reach out why can't a dynamo reach out to those other markets like what is it about this team that just simply does not seem desirable to those to those fans it's a combination of multiple factors, but like the the main one that I think it's 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 one that that damages like the dedication of of fans that follow the sport. It's just that the casual soccer fan in Houston doesn't really like MLS. Like they will, like they will definitely go to games where there's a star in there, or if they're interested uh, for the team's current performance, they might just show up, but. The other main thing that I, I think it's it's affecting that is just the last decade. Like Houston only made playoffs once in like the last ten years, and that tells you uh, as to what the team has been 
doing and and the lack of a really investment into trying to build a product that's that just like builds over time and that wasn't there and given 2017 is an outlier and i'm telling you that because they went to playoffs we go to the western conference final and that western conference final the first leg was literally the last time like i've seen in person the stadium just like completely packed with no no empty seats and that for me that tells me a lot only because people are are watching or just looking at the dynamo to see how they're doing and at this point they've been burned so many times that they're just like cautiously optimistic as to how things are going now like given that the team is doing very very well as as of right now we've been burned so many times so it's really like it's really tough to convince them to just like hey it's over yeah come on over you know it'll be very nice but at the same time that the casual uh soccer fan and that that doesn't just go for for soccer just like the casual houston sports fan they're gonna see results uh, pretty much every time before they make that decision and it'll it'll be good to to just build like a dedicated fan base but that takes like really a, a lot of time and just a lot of investment from the club to like show that affection towards uh us yeah you're absolutely right i i think uh houston for someone that you know obviously growing up in houston uh i've seen toyota center empty i've seen toyota center packed and some like kind of what you're saying that fair weather weather waiting for a player like even when the rockets were good you're talking about like james harden chris paul that period it you know you still couldn't fill up the the arena but it will get packed when when steph curry shows up um, so, I mean, I think that's always been the theme with Houston. I mean, the Astros, I remember there was a time where 50 bucks could get you in the first level in Minute Maid Park because, you know, the, the Astros were terrible. Now, uh, that's probably going to be in, like, the nosebleeds. So, I mean, I think all the things that you're saying is right. I think if Houston could be com- – the, the Dynamo in general specifically, if they could be competitive, um, it'll definitely get more attention because, obviously, I think the city just wants to be affiliated with winners. Um, but I mean, obviously aside from the fan, I think the fans is going to be such a hard factor to look into, but ever, you know, obviously the, the, the Gabriel Brenner era is over, you know, we, now we have Ted Siegel now taking over and, and, you know, looking to improve the, the, the Houston Dynamo, obviously they just, uh, showed out their new fancy, uh, I think it's like the office buildings for the, for, you know, the front office staff, uh, for you, like since Ted Siegel's come over, ha- what has been the changes that you've seen that you've liked so far uh, from the Ted Siegel era? Obviously, like, like the answer right away, we just feel that the roster, like definitely there's been some uh, investment there. And not just in the roster, but also in the technical staff. Like we finally have like a, a analytics department that just works with the team. And, and since he came over, like there were a few like more positions that were created to to help like build build that roster over time and that one just being the technical director position with Asher Melson is right now like that that never existed in like the since since the, like in the entire history of the club which is just insane and we're seeing the product right now and 
and not only that, also the investment that just went to the infrastructure, obviously the uh the new headquarters I just mentioned, but also the stadium itself. Like they just replaced all the seats that were at uh, at the stadium with mesh seating, which which is a significant improvement as to what what was there before. And like there's there's investment already, and it's only the third year with uh, Ted Siegel in, uh, in charge. So it's just incredible to see like just how how much he he has shown he cares about the team and also the product that the roster is starting to produce. So and they're about to make playoffs like in in the, in his third year in charge, which is just incredible, uh, incredible turnaround uh, as to where we were before. So I'm I'm happy overall. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, obviously fixing the 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 head, you know, actually building a headquarters because for for quite some time, I mean, they were just in a space in George R. Brown Convention Center, you know, for their offices, or some of them would have to. And so I I remember I did my interview for my internship with the Dynamo, and this is when I learned when they they actually worked at George R. Brown, and they had to walk across the, under the freeway to come to do my interview for the internship. Uh, over at well, at the time was uh BVA, but now obviously it's Shell Energy Stadium. Uh, and so just like that, I thought that was interesting. Um, and, and I and I could tell you right now, like the 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 training facility over over in uh in uh Pearland, like it's it's getting better as well over there. I, I I can tell you that personally myself for someone that also like I said interned over over there for the Houston Dynamo. Um, uh, but yeah, Ted Siegel, I think he's He's doing what he needs to do to get this club right. At the end of the day, though, obviously the product has to be shown, um, which, I mean, the team is performing. Maybe on the road there's some inconsistency there, but they're, they're, you know, they're in a place that we haven't seen in, in such a long time, which is in a very strong playoff position. Um, but obviously, you know, you're, you're building your platform with the Foxtrot. What made you want to go into podcasting? Honestly, something that I really wanted to do. Uh, for a long time since I started this and the main thing about about doing it is just commitment and and trying to get a crew and obviously I started I started with uh, my my previous co-host Tony and we got things going for sure but unfortunately things like uh, changed and Tony had like different commitments so he had to like move on to some something else but then obviously Dynalytics come over that's uh, OSG Herman Benitez and that, and we just decided to like partner up and just really start at the podcast right away. And I'm happy with how things have turned out because we've been posting at least one episode every week since the season started. And I've, and that's something I've never really committed to up until that point. And, and OG and Herman, they've, they've been there since day one and that they're more, they're more than willing to help along the way. And also uh, Juan Pereira, uh, which is like um, a little bit of a and Dynamo insider. Like he has uh, joined us recently as well to like, write articles and participate in the Spanish version of, of the podcast, uh, which is Dynamico. And and it, it's going great. Like in the first year, like the, I'm getting so much help from them, and they're definitely like helping the product itself like grow over time. So I'm thankful, thankful for that, and really just just happy that people are just listening to our stuff. No, yeah, I mean, I I will tell you from experience, the the first year is always 
always the hardest but once you get over that first year once you know it's it's honestly just a uh a trial by error kind of thing you just kind of learn as you go and and yeah man i think i think it's it's one of those things that i kind of been proud of the city you know from my early times with soft sports you know doing doing my content creation over there with them but now seeing more and more people popping up and creating content not not specifically towards the dynamo but even just Houston sports content uh growing it's it's been amazing but like specifically with the dynamo you know seeing seeing you guys you know you know obviously doing your guys' podcast uh the Houston dynamo so many other dynamo podcasts that have been just sprouting out and and I I've been enjoying it because you know at, at the end of the day I think that like it is on us to try to grow the game because you know like everyone's had the same complaints you know we've been talking you know kind of how we mentioned earlier like losing those beat writers and you know and and you know sometimes we just need to find those voices to to represent Houston uh obviously I don't do it as much because I cover broadly uh broadly the game broadly but for you guys obviously having that niche market I think is so important and you know I always appreciate all the hard work that you guys have done um, because it, it, it is, it is a passion project. Everything is going to be a passion project. And especially when it comes to Houston Dynamo, there's going to be a lot of tough periods. It's going to be hard to sometimes keep, keep wanting to do an episode. And I totally get that part, but it's always one of those things that like, I have so much respect for everybody that does it. And I, and I love seeing it grow. I mean, it's one of the things that I remember talking to Glenn Davis about when I, when I got, when I was lucky enough to interview him is just, we need we need more people to step up and just make content and and I think that he was absolutely right about that um so it is one of those things that like it takes a village it takes a community and I think see, just starting out with you just a little twitter account maybe not you know not you didn't know what it was going to come from it but now where it's grown into where it's now and now you're with goals tv which which was like that moment where I was like, you know what, let me finally reach out to this kid. I don't, I don't know why I waited so long. Uh, I've, like I've said, I've always admired all your, all your hard work, especially now that you're telling me how young you, it took you to create that Twitter account. Makes me feel fucking old, but like, <laughs> but that's really what it is, man. Like it's a, it, to see you like now being featured on goals TV. And I remember hearing Jose talk about like, yeah, man, we need some Ho- uh, Houston Dynamo representation here. Uh, you know, always talking shit about our shitty attendance, but like, yeah, man, like, you know, seeing you guys grind. Um, but you know, you now you heard my thoughts on the on the Houston sport, soccer community. What what is your thoughts on on the growth of like just content creation for the Houston Dynamo? Honestly, I'm happy where where things are going because I remember when when I started out the Twitter page, like it's it's just been a handful of podcasts and and, and like over time Dynamo fans have been recognizing uh, the need for more content and and the, there's there's been those podcasts that started popping out uh particularly the peel uh they're not like around anymore but they're, they're definitely one of my uh first inspirations to like get this started because uh, it was just a couple of guys that got together and you started started the podcast and and i was like oh yeah there has to be more like not just not just because of them but rather just just to just to uh, put more content out there, yeah, that just represents us, and and I'm thankful that and uh, that doesn't really go for me, uh, for us specifically, but just like that other Dynamo fans have been able to like step up and do their own thing, and there are more 
options for podcasts out there because of that. So I'm really happy as, as to how uh, how fans are passionate because of that. And I'm just really grateful that we're like, even though it's not like a really like massive fan base, it's it's something that that we created and it might take us uh, some time to just uh, keep keep that growing. No, absolutely. Absolutely, man. But Andres, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, obviously your commitment to the orange. I mean, your last name is almost perfect. If it, you got to just yeah. add an A to it, but like you, it was like you were destined to be repping the dynamo. Um, Literally. <laughs> uh, but obviously, thank you so much. Uh, obviously, uh, like I said, I don't know why it took me so long to finally get you on here for an interview. Uh, but I've, like I said, I've been watching your work, man. Keep grinding. Keep doing it. You're doing a great job, man. Keep keep noodle time going because um, it's going to pay off big time for you guys, man. I see I see the hustle. Uh, pro- congratulations to uh, – I literally draw the blank on the name, but he, he won the, the – uh, the Juan Pereira, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so congrats to him. Um, Herman, is, uh, Herman is actually somebody that's followed me on Twitter before. This is like before even Insert Name FC, but I, I was – he always like gives a like to my tweets, so I appreciate it for that too. Uh, but obviously, you know, keep doing what you guys are doing, man. Um, all right, the rest of the time is yours. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, shamelessly plug everything that you want to plug. No, yeah, uh, no, yeah, Hector, thank you so much. Like, no, thank you for your kind words as well. Like, it it, it means a lot to us. And and like I said early on, like it's it's we're just like really. Like it really encourages us when people just like listen to our stuff and give us feedback, even if it's constructive. Like it's something that we we can we we take it seriously, and we just like like to 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 keep that in mind, to keep growing, and to see how we can improve things if we have to do that. But but yeah, my 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 shameless plugs. I'm mostly on Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it, at Dynamic Foxtrot, and. We we do have a couple podcasts out there, like, but they're mainly gonna be on the noodle time. They're gonna be in the, in your most popular platforms where you listen to your podcast, and and through noodle time, that's where I post the main podcast, which is that one, and also Dinamico, which is a Spanish version, and Inside Ramen, which is kind of like a small segment that we do with uh, other country creators that 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 follows, uh other teams that are not just a Diamond Dash, and no, yeah, and. There, we're trying to like expand into like Instagram and threads over time. It's it kind of it's kind of like a slow growth, but oh yeah, we're also there as well under uh, at Dynamic Fox, right? If you want to follow us there, and also if you want to just read our, our pieces that Juan uh, Juan Pereira writes, and also OSG just started writing the newsletter. It's gonna be um, kofi.com slash Dynamic Fox Road. Uh, kofi is spelled ko fi.com slash Dynamic Fox like our a Twitter handle and. That's where you're gonna find uh, pretty much all the content that we post, not just a blog post, but also our newest episodes for the podcast, the newsletters, and pretty much just like all the content that we create over time. So uh those are my plugs. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you for your time and uh keep grinding, bro. Uh thank you, sir. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports. 
SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, and we're back. Um, thanks again for uh, Andres for giving some time to do that interview. Someone that I've been, uh, honestly, was on my checklist of people that I've been wanting to interview. So glad I got that. I, I finally was able to get that done. But uh, yeah, a lot to talk about, man. So um, along with the U.S. Open Cup, I I didn't realize. Great, by the way, great promoting um apple tv because i didn't know about the campeones cup till like recently um specifically yesterday so i i guess i wasn't really keeping track but um so we'll preview campeones cup and then we'll preview uh the open cup final but campeones cup 2023 which is obviously the winner of the mls cup versus the winner of the most recent um liga mekis trophy or I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, they decided it through uh, uh, from the Campeones Cup. But Tigres ends up uh, we're, we're facing off LAFC in the Campeones Cup, uh, and yeah, so it it ended with a four two win in penalties. Um, Tigres had sixty sixty five percent of the possession, so uh, Tigres always being that team that they are. Both teams had three shots on goal. Uh, Tigres had 13, uh, 13 shots more, uh, more than LAFC's eight. And there was two red cards in that game, which was Diego Palacios in the 63rd minute. And then, uh, Rafael Carioca in the 85th. And of course, Tigres ends up going to penalties to win it for two, uh, giving them the Campeones Cup. And of course, uh, Steve Torrendolo. Once again, one of his biggest complaints, and and I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he doesn't have a justification to it because, yeah, uh, if if MLS wants to continue to improve these these you know how MLS performs in these type of tournaments, um, they do have to take a look at their at how they they do rosters and and even scheduling. That's something that I've been complaining uh, myself because. Uh, kind of using the Champions Cup, for example, most of the teams that are competing it besides MLS teams are in the middle of their season. So while meanwhile, the MLS are just getting started with their preseason, usually around that time for um, for the Champions Cup. I don't know how CONCACAF is going to do it this year, but I'm assuming it's still going to be the same. So there is going to have to be some changes in MLS if they do want to genuinely com- generally want to compete in these tournaments. Um Though I think it, I think now it's kind of be. I think MLS is going to improve the rosters. You know, obviously they're going to you know uh, increase the salary cap. Um, I believe they're also going to add a, an additional designated player. Um, but it, obviously, I think um, while that's 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 important that they're doing that. The other thing for me is also that they have to maybe reevaluate how they want to do the scheduling uh, of the seasons to maybe be more in line with Liga Mekis or, or, and the rest of CONCACAF, but that's probably like not going to happen anytime soon. Um, 
I think it, it just is what it is kind of thing. But I know that the, there's going to be like improvements as far as roster. Um, but weirdly enough, it's LAFC yet again. Uh, Steve Torrello yet again complaining about it. And once again, I'm I feel for him. Um, he battled it out with Dignes. I don't think that he he can really complain too much about that part. But it's just at the end of the day, you know, he feels that that's what's missing for him. Even though you know LAFC, I think is one of those teams along with now Inter Miami that. Uh, has been pretty good about getting player player acquisitions uh, recently, but but yeah, congratulations to Tigres, campeones of the Campeones Cup. Um, but try to knock that out. But obviously, the U.S. Open Cup happened. That I did know, uh, maybe because I'm also biased because I'm a Houston Dynamo fan. But the Houston Dynamo beat Inter Miami two to one. Um, so the Houston Dynamo had 19 shots, five shots were on target. Inter Miami had 12 shots, four shots of the, were on target. Um uh the the uh the inter the, the Inter Miami had fifty eight point seven percent of the possession. Um though I feel like maybe possession was more leaned towards Inter Miami in the second half. Um obviously the goals were scored. All all the dynamo goals were in the First half, as Griffin Dorsey scores a goal in the 24th, banger of a goal, so much so that even Lionel Messi um, acknowledged it. And then Bossy goes ahead and scores the the penalty to definitely put them in the advantage in the 33rd. Um, in the final minutes of the game, uh, actually two minutes into stoppage time of the in, in the second half, uh, Joseph Martinez puts it in the back of the net. Uh, but at that point, it was a little too late. Um, I think uh, aside from that, man, uh, Drake Calendar, man, I, I think had it not been for him, this could have. So there was more. There were some other big opportunities for Dynamo. Obviously, nineteen shots, <laughs> nineteen shots. Uh, uh, but you know, he he definitely, I think, made a very good argument for himself to continue to be looked at by the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, but I, I obviously the big story. The big story from all this is going to be the fact that there was no Messi. Messi was not even on the bench. He was not on the roster, um, which it's always funny because that always seems to be the the theme with Houston sports teams. Um, Houston is always going to be known as Asterix City to me because everyone ha- somehow finds a way to be nitpicky about every trophy that a Houston team wins. Um, the 2017 Houston Astros, obviously the the cheating scandal, which I mean, can't really argue with that one. Uh, the the Houston Rockets when they won back to back NBA championships, uh, people don't count that because, well, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't playing uh, with the Bulls at that time. That was when he when he stepped away and was playing baseball. Um, and then, uh, shoot, the Houston Dynamo even even when they won the two MLS Cups in their first two years um, as a club, you know, people throw an asterisk on them because. A lot of people are like, oh, well, there's the San Jose Earthquakes. So, yeah, everyone, when it comes to Houston, and maybe they're like, maybe I'm just biased because I'm from Houston, but I've always noticed that everyone somehow throws an asterisk on, on teams. Uh, and, and it's even funny enough is like, if you go on MLS's website, on the caption that like congratulates the Houston Dynamo for winning the U.S. Open Cup, the first thing, one of the things that it says in the headline, it says Messi list Inter Miami. So they even want to point out, 
that Lionel Messi was not playing in this game. Um, and, and I mean, you play who you play. At the end of the day, um, Inter Miami went pretty far in this tournament without Messi. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say that Messi brought them into this into this position. Inter Miami, even when they were struggling, were able to go far in this tournament. Um, I, I guess you could say before Messi, this was like the only thing that was going on for Miami because you know Miami was was a bottom dweller in the first half of the MLS season before Messi showed up. Um, the jury is still up in the air if they're going to make the playoffs this year. But uh, without Messi, they made it made it to the semifinals of of uh, of the U.S. Open Cup. So I I still want to give props to Inter Miami. They still they do clearly they have some quality on the team. Would have the game been different with Messi on the field? Who knows? Frankly, I don't know. Um, but to all the people that are saying that the the Houston Dynamo wouldn't wouldn't have won this if Messi was on the field, all I have to say is I frankly don't give a fuck. It, you know, the Houston Dynamo won. At the end of the day, you play who you play. Um, if Messi's not on the field, that's that's unfortunate. But I I, I don't want to say that that ruins the, what this trophy meant because the Dynamo going into this tournament we're one we're a pretty dominant team um they held their leads they were obviously they made it they made it to the final so um and it's it's funny because like not funny but like the thing that's interesting to me around what's different versus this u.s open cup versus the 2018 u.s open cup final is while in 2018 that's all we had like that's all we had going for in that season because the team was terrible in the regular season. They were not going to make the playoffs. So it was like clear and obvious to put all our eggs in the U.S. Open Cup basket. They win the U.S. Open Cup. And that was kind of like our silver lining for the season. Like, hey, yeah, we were we were we were shite uh, in the regular in the MLS season. But, hey, we won the U.S. Open Cup. So that was like our constellation for not having such a great year. And this time around, it's so much different because. Um, one, it's obviously under the Ted Siegel regime, uh, you know, him changing, you know, trying to finally put an effort to make this club better, uh, you know, speaking as a Dynamo fan that has been here from the early days, been to watch Dynamo matches back in Robertson Stadium, you know, it, you, you can see the effort that's being put by Ted Siegel. Um, and, and, you know, he hires Pat Onstad to, to, to fix to fix the club, fix the culture. And I think he's, he's done a great job. Uh, not only just from what I've seen from the outside, but even from my time working in the Houston Dynamo, um, seeing the inside, man, like it's a team. It, it's, it's a team first mentality guys. That's what a lot of the guys they brought in were team first guys. A um, lot of MLS experience, just experience overall was just what they were going after guys that knew how to win. And, um, you know, Hector Herrera, I, I'm once again speaking from my personal experience. Um, he's he's 100 percent in like he is not he's not half assing it. Some people think that he's just collecting. Some people really thought that he was just collecting a paycheck. I can tell you for a fact he's not. He literally is all in. He's 100 percent all in for the city. He he loves Houston. Um, and so, like, for me, this is this is all the hard work that has come to what the team and it's crazy just like a just a matter of just one year I know last season was kind of look, looked at as a flop because of how poor it was when they hired Paulo Nagamora um but obviously 
you know, Hector Herrera didn't come into the second half of the season. Uh, this is the first full year that you have Hector Herrera. You bring in Ben Olsen. Um, a lot of people were very hesitant on him because of just his time at, at uh, DC United. But I think a guy with his with his thought process, his his mentality was actually what this team needed. Um, and, 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 you know, now they're seeing kind of what they were, what they were hoping to see. I know that there was still some hesitancy and this team, the team is not perfect, man. They're not, they're not, they're not where they're supposed to be at yet. But the fact that, you know, you win the U S open cup, you're still in contention for an MLS cup, uh, an MLS playoff position. And, you know, who's to say, how do you do in, in the playoffs? Cause at that point it's anybody's game. Um, it's it, this is this is a great moment for the Houston Dynamo, not only the 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 club but also the fans. Like the, especially the ones that have been here from the beginning, have gone through the you know the rough periods. You know the the Gabriel Brenner uh, ownership period. Uh, you know this club was so was so rough to deal with to the point where my child one of my childhood heroes Oscar De La Hoya. I hate the guy now. Um, I you know slowly I've been. He's in back into remembering how great he was as a boxer. And uh, that documentary, I, I don't know if you guys saw it. He had like an HBO documentary, which I was just like, good God, this guy's got issues. But but aside from that, that ownership, it was just like the lack of effort that that ownership group was doing. Um, it, you know, the the levels of mediocrity that the Dynamo have had for so many years after being such a consistent club under the Dominic Kinnear era, um, it was frustrating. And to... And for finally to we're we're seeing what quality football can come from this team. Um, do I think people are going to start packing the stadium? Probably not. You know, it, obviously something that me and Andres were talking about. Um, you know, fans want you know fans are going to come when there's a winning product. I think that there's signs that there is going to be a winning product, but I think that uh, um, we'll see what happens, man. But I, I think that this is definitely a good start for the team. Um, I think this is a good boost. Obviously, they have a big match going going into this weekend as they take on FC Dallas for the Texas Derby. Um, but yeah, it's like it's crazy to think that it's like finally you can be excited as a Dynamo fan because um, it's been such a rough period. And and like and I know some people are gonna try to. First of all, it's gonna be hard to like make a Houston fan like change their mind about a team about the team. Like you can keep you can keep trying to throw out the the trash can scandal with the Astros. People are still gonna acknowledge the 2017 World Series trophy here in Houston. But I think um but I think Houston in general, man, like it, it's if there's one thing that I know about Houston is that they show pride in the city. The city it, it, you know it's even one of those things when I worked in the Dynamo Academy. I always, always wanted these guys to tell me what side of Houston they're from because I wanted them to, I want them to have, to have pride in being from Houston, and and, and rep their side with pride. And, and so, you know, even though I think they made fun of me a lot for for saying Sharpstown, but uh, yeah, it was uh, what a final. And it's funny too, not a funny, but what's what's even great is just like Griffin Dorsey, man. Like I, I honestly will tell you, probably one of the best like like comeback stories ever, man. The guy was waived from Toronto. The Dynamo bring him in. Um and from from his first game as a as a Dynamo player, bro, I was I was sold. This dude is the hardest worker on the field. No one can change my opinion on that. 
like this guy's work effort, work rate. It's like I, I just love seeing him out there and, and playing, and I love him the fact that he's able to get chances w- playing with the first team and getting chances and getting his opportunity. Uh, seeing him in getting the having to have the boot on um, at the beginning of the season uh, always hurt me, it always wrecked me. But like the dude's so positive, such a great guy. He he's the um, he's I don't know if they have a I don't think they have a fantasy football league. I can't really really tell you if they did they probably did um but griffin dorsey when because when i was there the the ncaa bracket challenge was going on so griffin was actually collecting everyone's money and had all the brackets to for the bracket challenge and so like like that's just another reason i I like dorsey is just because he's like he's he's also the the guy the guy to like do little, little little things like that and i think it's just awesome uh griffin dorsey i'm I'm the biggest Griffin Dorsey fan out there. I, I really admire all, and it's great that he was able to, you know, score the opening goal for the Open Cup. Uh, it just shows how, like, all the hard work that he's done is finally paying off. So, yeah, what a game! And Bassey, I mean, you can't hate Bassey. Bassey is such a lovable guy. Can't speak English, but can't speak English. Speaks, uh, can't speak Spanish. Only speaks French. Well, I mean, he speaks a little English, but mostly French is his language. But uh. You know, lovable guy, man. Just all, all in all, man. That dude is just vibes. It's, it's awesome how 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 he is. But, um, but yeah, man. This is this. Like I said, it it was different from this time from versus twenty eighteen. It's just that there's still more to come for this Dynamo team because they're still in playoff contention. Um, so like this is this is this is they're building something at Houston, and I'm. Really excited what they're doing, especially now that you have an owner that's fully invested. So I'm really excited. So congratulations to Houston Dynamo for winning the U.S. Open Cup. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really happy about it. No one's gonna no one's gonna try to take my high off of this one. This was a really really special moment if you're from the city of Houston, or also if you're a Houston Dynamo fan, because um, this was awesome. Hector Herrera's first trophy with the Houston Dynamo. Um, Ted Siegel's first trophy with the Houston Dynamo. Even James Harden. James, dude, James Harden was freaking was awesome uh at the game. But yeah, congratulations for the Houston Dynamo. Once again, also congratulations for Tigres for winning the, the Campeones Cup. But more importantly, congratulations for the Houston Dynamo for winning the US Open Cup. They already qualified for Champions Cup because of obviously Miami winning Leagues Cup. But um hey, we just found out we didn't need that. We didn't need that uh technicality. We we were probably gonna make it anyways. But um, which that makes next season even more interesting for the Dynamo because now they have a, another competition during their season as well. So we'll see how that goes, man. Um, so we're going to go go ahead and go right into our Players of the Week. Players of the Week, man. Players of the Week is brought to you by In The Clutch. In The Clutch is an amazing apparel company, all partnered with the Players Associations of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, and the National Football League with amazing designs and of course the best part is these shirts are very very comfortable great material and quoted by kelsey coin of high low sports has passed the fat boy test so make sure so if that that's got you sold then i'm gonna get you a little bit more be, uh, another be, great part so if you guys use our code insert name at checkout you'll save yourself 10 percent off your purchase so go to in use the code insert name at checkout and we'll and you'll save 10 percent off your purchase. So once again, thank you so much for in the clutch for being our presenting partner for players of the week. Edward, who's your player of the week? 
All right, so my player of the week, and I'm going to the Bundesliga for this one. And he has not been, I believe he has not been a player of the week this year, or maybe he has. I'm not exactly sure. He has not. But, okay, so. Well, for for this season. This, for this remember, season, we for based this it off the year, so this is the second time. Yeah, yeah. This would be a second time this year. Yeah, so basically, I picked Harry Kane from Bayern Munich. Because he scored a hat trick in Bayern Munich's seven zero win against Bohem. Yeah. Or Bochum. Bochum, sorry. Bochum. Yeah. All right. But yeah, he scored his first hat trick in the Bundesliga. Yeah, man. Harry Harry Kane hoping to finally win his first trophy over there in Bayern Munich. So good pick there. And yeah. my pick Bro and that that assist he did though, too. Yeah. That that fucking assist was fucking nice. But yeah, go ahead. My bad. And it's back to back weeks for me as Robert Lewandowski gets my pick once again. Scores a two goal scores two goals in Barcelona's three two win against Celta Vigo. I guess they didn't really destroy Celta Vigo. Um that was uh, no, hyperbole. No, no, well 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 the thing is like with Celta Vigo, uh, I'll be honest, they did give him a hard, hard time. Uh but I'm gonna put it this way, like Joe Concello. Gave Robert Lewandowski an assist, and he also scored, so he helped as well on uh, on that game. But I mean, Robert Lewandowski, dude, like that that dude there, it was like anything he was touching, it was like goal going in, going in. I was like, okay, like I was like, shit, he's a uh, he's doing it up, he's doing it up in La Liga. Mm. Mm-hmm. But all right. All right, but yeah, so congratulations to Harry Kane and Robert Lewandowski for being our players of the week. Once again, thank you to In The Clutch. You Go to InTheClutch.com, use that code, insert name at checkout to save yourself 10% off your purchase. And obviously, this will be posted on our social media on Instagram and X at InsertNameFC. You can go ahead and put in your vote for who you think should be player of the week uh, between Harry Kane and Robert Lewandowski on our Instagram stories where you can go ahead and vote on the day when we drop these episodes, which is Fridays. Um, and if you go on Twitter, it, it will be on the sub post underneath the uh the post for players of the week on the on X. Once again, at insert name FC on Instagram and X. So if you guys want a say because your vote does give them an additional vote towards the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year award, which I believe uh it's it's starting to become a little bit tired of a race now. And one of these guys could actually make it, uh, make it even make it harder as Robert Lewandowski is seeking his third Roosevelt Spencer Player of the Year award. So we'll see how that goes. But all right, so obviously it's another another weekend of a lot of great action. Um, some games to watch. We have in Portugal Benfica versus FC Porto. Uh, Pretty big robbery there in the Portuguese league. Um, so make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. Um, I believe it's in B. I think the Portuguese league is, is featured on BN Sports. If I'm mistaken, if I, if I, if I, if I think so, I think so. Yeah, as far as like in the US, I could be wrong on that one. But if you guys can, if you guys are able to find it, make sure you watch that game. It's going to be really good. It's always a good one. But the big one, Edward. The big one, 
And this is one of the biggest rivalries, especially in Argentina, and that's Boca Junior versus River Plate. Oh yeah. Usually there's there's always a fight that breaks out on one of those matches. This if you if you can somehow watch this game, I, I don't say I don't recommend live. <laughs> um if you go if you go there live, just do not wear any of the other team's gear. Make sure you're in, yeah. in, in a section where you're not conflicting. Um, but, yeah, this is one of the biggest rivalries. It is very intense. If you get a chance to watch this game, watch it. It is probably going to popcorn and everything because it's going to be a good one. So make sure you guys check it out. Um, in Brazil, we got Red Bull Bragantino versus Palmeiras, which are the two two really good teams right now in form over there in Brazil. Um, weirdly enough, it's a Red Bull team. But make sure you guys check that out, Brazil, the Brazilian League. It's still a very fun league. And, I mean, this is where the guys, where, where all the teams in Europe are seeking the next potential big star, the next Neymar, the next Vinicius Jr. So, I mean, maybe watch some Brazilian League so you can get, you can say, I knew this person before you did. So, Right. <clears throat> all right, MLS. The Texas Derby, Houston Dynamo taking on FC Dallas. You guys know I hate this team for many reasons. Obviously, because Houston and Dallas have its have its own rivalry. Um, but now, it, it, but now, obviously, depending on how the result ended in the U.S. Open Cup final, once again, congratulations to to, to whoever won it, um, or or fuck you to whoever won it. Damn, okay. I think I'm covering both my both covering both right. So Hector's doing the whole thing of having both cakes ready, like the congratulations one and the fuck you cake. I'm like I'm like Daryl. I'm like Daryl right now, just just a light like you know life hacking. What was it? What was, what it? was it? What was it? Life hacking. He was, he was like, wow, that person got into that predicament pretty badly. Yeah, or something like that. Like it was like wow. he or she he got or she. That. Yeah, no, I remember. yeah. So that's basically what I'm doing, covering my pace, my my place right now. Um, but yeah, they're going up against FC Dallas. Obviously, both of them contending. Well, I don't know where FC Dallas is in the playoffs right now, but I know Dynamo are in a strong playoff position, so they would like to maintain that playoff position. Um, really having an amazing year right now. Uh, hopefully, even a more better year now. Um, depending on how Wednesday turned out. Uh, but. Really good matchup to keep up. Uh, Texas Derby always is a very intense rivalry, especially here in Texas. And also shout out to you know Jose Tejas because he is a he's actually an FC Dallas Academy product. So um, so he is a he is very much an FC Frisco fan. Um, <laughs> so very very hopefully one to watch for sure. Um, and then Columbus Crew versus the Philadelphia Union. Both two teams are in good form right now. Uh, both trying to get improve their positioning in the playoffs. So I believe I don't I think Philadelphia clinched it or Columbus I forgot who clinched, but oh no, Columbus Crew did clinch a playoff spot, I believe. But yeah, keep an eye on oh, really? on a, on this because things are getting more intense in MLS as now playoffs are are in the way. In Liga Mekis, we got America versus Pumas. Obviously, it's a little DFA rivalry going on there. So. I'm not sure if it's in Pumas or if it's in America. If it's in Pumas, man, that stadium is beautiful. Nothing against Azteca. <laughs> I mean, Azteca is obviously legendary, but if if you were ever to travel to go see other stadiums, I would say Pumas is a good one because it's got one hell of you. Um, and then I think 
is it Monterrey or or is it Tigres that has el el volcán? They I think they both play in the same one. No, volcán. they both have different stadiums. Okay. I, I think that's the Monterrey. Rayado, I th yeah, I think the Rayados one is um. I think it's uh it, it got remodeled, it got redone, and so mm. it looks really nice. But el volcán, it's still it's still a nice stadium too. Yeah. The environment, the environment too, though. Yep. And then Toluca's taking on Chivas. So we'll see how that goes. I think they're kind of at their halfway point because obviously Liga Maggie's, they're going to, they'll be, I think they're in preparation for their playoffs pretty soon as well. Um, so we might, we might take a look into the Liga Maggie's just to see where everybody is next week. Um, and League Un, we got Monaco after our guy Balogun had an embarrassing performance last week where he, I believe he missed two penalties. Um, <laughs> Yikes. Um, but, you know, hopefully you can bounce back as they take on Marcial. <laughs> and uh, this is this is going to be, if you guys are reading this, which obviously you're not, but uh, Nice is taking on Brest, which obviously if, if you were to read that in English, it's nice breast. So <laughs> I didn't do this on purpose. Oh no! Part of me thinks he did. I really didn't. It, it, it's actually like both of them are actually in really good form. It just, you know, obviously it's knees and breasts. Um, but yeah, all right. The Bundesliga: uh, Hoffenheim takes on Borussia Dortmund, and RB Leipzig takes on Bayern Munich. Last time, RB Leipzig and Bayern Munich faced off. RB Leipzig embarrassed them in the Super Cup. So. So we'll see what happens in in the in the second the second matchup between Leipzig and Bayern Munich. Uh, going to Serie A, oh, we got Lecce taking on Napoli, which Lecce is actually looking pretty. It's still early. It's still early, but they they're looking pretty decent. Um, Napoli obviously wanting to make sure that they can make another statement following up their championship year, and Atalanta taking on Juventus after Juventus had that embarrassing performance against Sassuolo. Yep. How will they bounce back? They Which also, <laughs> on the flip side, I wouldn't want to be the team that has to go face a team after getting embarrassed. Excuse me. So oh, yeah, usually the team that that got embarrassed usually comes out guns guns blazing for like especially like the match right after it. Yeah. So so let's we'll see what happens with Juventus. Uh, in La Liga, Barcelona is taking on Sevilla. Always a good matchup, match. even though Sevilla is kind of. <laughs> kind of gone flat for some odd reason, but hey, Sergio Ramos gets to face off against Barcelona again. So that's all I was about to say. I was like, hmm. I was like, that's gonna be, that's gonna be pretty interesting. That's gonna be. It's so weird watching him in a Sevilla uniform, even though I know he originally played for Sevilla, but it's just mm -hmm. like it's still so weird to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. I thought PSG yeah. was weird. Uh, no, Sevilla is like even more weirder to me. Once again, I know he started at Sevilla, but <laughs> just doesn't help. And uh, Girona, who actually looks really good so far, has looked really good with five wins so far this season, is going up against Real Madrid after getting embarrassed by Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping what I said earlier about the events game could happen for me too. Um, yeah. but also, you know, I think Girona also embarrassed Real Madrid last season. So, revenge? <laughs> revenge game? 
I hope it's a revenge game. We'll see what happens. In the English Premier League, we got Tottenham versus Liverpool. I don't know how to, how I feel about this one. Tottenham wins and Tottenham wins, and I'm I'm not happy. If Liverpool wins, it just strengthens their position on the table. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I where I stand here uh, as an Arsenal fan. I should pick Tottenham to lose. Yeah, I'm that. That's just, that's just what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's what you're gonna do. All right. I'd rather have Liverpool succeed than Tottenham win. <laughs> I'm petty. Please do. Yeah, um, I see that. Aston Villa taking on Brighton. Aston Villa obviously coming off of a, of a big one nil victory against Chelsea, and now they have to go up against a team better than Chelsea, Brighton. I'm so happy I get to say that sentence. <laughs> it's just, it's all pointing Hector right now. <laughs> Even let's just ignore what happened last week. <laughs> Damn. But obviously, guys, there's a lot of games going on. But this is definitely a good like beginner's guide if you guys are trying to get into into the world of footy. Um, but all right, we're gonna go ahead and take one more break and then we'll get going. Wrap the show up with three up, three down. Let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com, to read some great articles from great writers all across the country, from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average, website. All right, and we're back. Three up, three down. Teams slash app. Do you want to just do teams or you, or you want to keep it open with teams and athletes or you just want to narrow it down to just teams or athletes? We we can do both. We can do both. I mean, it's either or. Okay, we'll do team we'll, we'll do teams and athletes that we don't support. So, three down. Obviously, it's all teams that I just despise. So, at number 3, I have and this is like in general, all all sports are are thrown into this category. So, just just so you guys have an, a better idea. But number three are the Anaheim Angels. Damn. I I I hate the Anaheim Angels. It's probably the only baseball team I hate. Damn. Cause I don't really hate the Yankees. I, I can care less about the Yankees. Um I don't hate the Dodgers. Once again I could care less about the Dodgers, but I never had like a a, a deep rivalry with them. In any way, I I know people. It's like fun to hate the Yankees. A lot of people don't like the Yankees, and I mean the fans definitely don't help their 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 case. But the reason why I hate the Anaheim Angels is one, their name is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, mm-hmm. and it makes no fucking sense because they're not in Los Angeles; they're in Anaheim. But obviously, <laughs> when they decided to rebrand the name, because it was like, oh, it's easier if we just call them the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Even though you're not in Los Angeles, and don't give me this old technically Anaheim is part of LA. It's not Anaheim is Anaheim, um, but yeah. So I don't like An. I, that's one of the reasons why I don't like Anaheim, the Anaheim Angels. And then also, I I just don't think it's fair what they're doing to to ruin the careers of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, Mike Trout, who's who a lot of people believe is the best player in baseball, like he's the goat of baseball right now, has never made the playoffs. Or I think has made the playoffs, but never won a playoff game. 
in his whole career. This guy is supposed to be the GOAT, Edward. This guy has won multiple MVPs and hasn't hasn't gotten to taste uh, playoff success. And Shohei Otani on the other, he is like the next coming of he's like the he's like the new Babe Ruth. Like he's the reincarnation of Babe Ruth. The guy can hit and pitch. And he's with the Angels. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, Damn. he is set to leave the Angels this season, which I don't blame him. <laughs> so and 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 to make things worse, freaking the Angels have Anthony Rendon, who's one of my favorite players in baseball right now because um, he grew up here in Houston. He went to, he actually went to Lamar high school. My brother was, when my brother was going to Lamar and I knew about this dude because the hype was real about him, went to go play at Rice. And now, you know, obviously plays professional baseball, won the world series with the Nationals, which was against the Astros, which I'm not mm-hmm. mad at because I, I'm, I, I like Anthony Rendon. Um, I almost dated his cousin, but I was, I thought like, I didn't like her personality but I honestly was contemplating on whether or not trying to make it work just so I can meet Anthony Rendon. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I, I just couldn't overlook her personality. She was, like, way too ghetto for somebody that grew up in the suburbs. Um, yeah, that's that was literally the reason why I didn't like this person. Um, but, yeah, so the Angels, yeah, I hate, I hate this team. I hate this team with a passion. And once again, I don't hate, I don't hate baseball teams. I generally like I can point out a player in every baseball team that I like. It just it, like there's like I have a I can watch any baseball team for any reason. Like even the Angels, even though I don't like them, I still like Anthony Rendon. That's why they're number three. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't I don't like the Anaheim Angels. Uh, number two is is going to be um the Boston Celtics. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like the Boston Celtics. Obviously, if you guys know, I'm a Lakers fan, um, and Boston and Lakers are one of the biggest rivalries. And I think in sports, you can say, I try to be arrogant, and obviously, everybody's like, "Wait, you're from Texas and you like the Lakers?" Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, I guess fun fact: I was born in Los Angeles, California. Um, but obviously, when I was 11 months old, I moved to Texas. I moved to Houston. So obviously I'm more Texan than I am Californian. Uh, the only thing that doesn't make me really a real Texan is that I'm not born here. But aside from that, I grew up here in Texas, so all I know is Texas. But a lot of my family still, like, if there's one thing you want to know about LA, it's always the Lakers. Like, I grew up in a Lakers family, so I like the Lakers because of that. Even growing up here in Houston, and even though they had the Houston Rockets, like, I still rooted for the Lakers. Like if they're like my family, even though they never they don't speak they don't speak a lick of English, they love the they love Lakers basketball. So it it was just an influence on my family. And obviously, if I'm influenced to love the Lakers, I was also influenced to hit the Boston Celtics. So, <laughs> so there okay. you go. There you go for that one. And my number one, Edward's expecting a certain team, but it, it, it I'm telling you it's not. It's Tottenham. I hate Tottenham. Well, I kind of figured that much. I despise Tottenham so much. I, I think. But, like, it's like I look forward to hating Tottenham. Like, it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest obsession that I have to hate this team. But I hate them. It's like, I, I love that I hate them. Um, and, and it's funny because it's like they don't help themselves sometimes. I mean, this year they're actually looking pretty solid. 
But like the year before, when everybody's like, "There's no way Tottenham doesn't win a trophy," that I will, I put my balls on the table and I told y'all, it's not happening. As a matter of fact, if it does happen, which I knew wasn't gonna happen, I will do a jersey giveaway. And guess what? My bank account is decent. <laughs> my decent is decently okay right now <laughs> because I didn't do a jersey bet. <laughs> I didn't have to give away a jersey, so yeah, I hate Tottenham. So that is my three now. Okay. Okay. I get it, I get it. Alrighty then. So my three down. So my number three. Love this dude. Love love the owner of the team, but Austin FC. Wait, so you don't like Austin FC? No, I don't. Wait, why? No, for one, they're Houston's rivals along Dallas. But I can wait. So, are you telling me you're a Dynamo fan? I'm a Houston fan. All right, get it right. All right. So <laughs> I, I tried. If the if the Houston if the Houston if the Houston if the Houston Arrows were still here, I'd be a Houston Arrows fan. But I am okay. So. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, so I don't like them for two two reasons. All right, so like well three reasons. So one, they're against Houston, right? And then the thing is, even even here, like even just in general, people who are from Austin come here to Houston. They're like Austin's better, and I'm like, okay, then go back. No, oh, I can't go back. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "God damn it!" I was like, "You sound here's like my, uh, Austin." Austin. Austin is the okay. Any Californians out there? No, hey, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. But... Here's, here's my here's my uh, presentation of somebody from from Austin. Hi, I'm from California. No, no, exactly. That's what I was about to say. I was like, Austin is the California of Texas. Like, it is legit that, like, hands down. There's Hands there's two there's two down. reasons why you go to Austin. Either you're attending well, actually no three reasons. Either you're a government official for the state of Texas, you attend the University of Texas, or you're from California. Or number four, you go to Coda to go watch MotoGP or F1 racing. What's up? What's up? But you don't live there. You just go and visit. No, I just yeah, exactly. Or I have family there. But even they, they even come on, yeah, it's back strong. They it's moved. They, they yeah, I was gonna say I was like they moved out of Austin to avoid all that shit, all right? So, but anyways, so that's my number three. Number two, uh, so number two, Okay, number two. I just can't. I, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think here. Number two. Um,
Okay. So number two is the New York Giants. That's odd, but okay. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, I got to think about it. Like, if I had to choose between the Jets and the Giants, probably go for the Jets. I know more people that go for the Jets than the Giants. Uh, uh, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, I don't go for either team, but if I had to support one or the other, it would be the Jets. Over the, wait. Uh, okay, I take, it, I take it back. Not not the Jets, the Giants. I'll support the Giants, not the Jets. So I take it back. Yeah, I meant New York Jets. So you don't like the New York uh, Jets? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, – I, I, like, to be fair, I don't know what the deal is on that one. Uh, just uh, – <laughs> I don't know why I don't like the New York Jets. I just don't like the New York Jets. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't. I just don't. I feel like I feel like the Jets fans are very snooty. Wait, what? Uh, uh, they're very snooty. Like, they're they think they're all that. And yet they still haven't actually done much, you know, because I've, <laughs> I've met some and I, I got along with them. But then as soon as they started talking about football and they're saying that the Jets are this, Jets are that, Jets are the other. And I'm just like, but I was like, OK, I love with this me. just because like me. there's so many Jets fans on belly up sports. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, hold on. And, and they're probably gonna, they're probably they're, OK. I'm about to start a fight over here. All right. No, no, go for it. I love it. Cook. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. The Jets are the Dallas Cowboys of New York. <laughs> That's going to piss they're, them off. They, they, they're, 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 like, they're like, they think they're amazing, and they're, they just have their past to ride on. All the future stuff is <laughs> the like. The past of one Super right. Bowl. <laughs> Pretty much, bro. Like, geez. I'm like, dude, come on. I'm sorry, guys. You know, don't want to start a fight over here. We're about to shit. Next thing you know, Belly Up's gonna be like, guys, we're gonna to have to let you go because Edward said some things. Oh, Leonard, don't, don't, oh, don't worry stuff. about it. Uh, 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 dang, how am I drawing a blank on our on our boss, Mike? Uh, Mike's a big Mike, Ohio. I was about to say he's a big Ohio guy. So I mean, he he's, he's probably with you with fuck the Jets. So. Yeah, <laughs> he probably agrees. But he's like, you know what? I never thought of it like that. But he, he's like, I point. fucking love Edward. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I could see it now. Everybody's just talking shit about me right now. Uh, let's see, yeah, my my ears, my ears are gonna be ringing like a motherfucker. I'm gonna be at work. All of a sudden, I'm gonna just have a, a ear bleed. My bleed, my, my ears are gonna be ringing so fast, so much that it's just gonna burst, and I'm gonna be like, oh. I was like, fuck. Yeah, man, those goddamn snooty ass Jets fans. I know, man. <laughs> all right, I love, all right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. What's your, and, what's your number one? All right. And my number one. Uh, my number one has to be, man. Okay. Um, the San Antonio Spurs. Ooh, the Spurs. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a Rockets fan. You know, I love the Rockets. It's just, I feel like the Spurs, I don't know, man. If I had to pick between Dallas and Spurs, like the Mavs or Spurs, I would go for Dallas. You know, so, so I, but I feel like the Spurs just, I don't know, man. I, I mean, the Spurs <sighs> are the ones that have more championships. When it comes yeah. to say it's Texas. So gotta be. Gotta be, gotta be jealous about that, you know. What I mean? And also, <laughs> San Antonio only has that's, one team. That's, I mean, aside, that's my, that's aside, aside from San Antonio FC, but obviously that's USL. Yeah, but, uh, but 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 still, like that's me being petty. That's me being petty. This is three down, so that's my pettiness showing off because they have uh, one yeah, championship. No, man, fuck the Spurs. I'm with you. I'm with you. Fuck the Spurs. All right. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so fuck them um, and their barbacoa and their and their big red. Even though I really love Big Red and Barbacoa, um, but but you can get that anywhere. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's a that's a good three down. I love it. The the Snooty Jets fans and the and, <laughs> and, and, and fuck San Antonio. I'm all for it. And, oh, and, and fuck Austin. And fuck and Austin. Austin. <laughs> that's all I was supposed to say. I was like, fuck no. New York. <laughs> fuck Austin. <laughs> fuck San Antonio. I'm all for it. I love god. this. <laughs> oh, God. The three places I oh. hate most. <laughs> You're like, Edward, did you know about this? I'd be like, nope. I was like, this is just me. <laughs> I hate New York. <laughs> it's funny, too, because the Jets and the Giants share the same stadium. <laughs> Which is in New Jersey. <laughs> so good list, good list. All right, my three up. So obviously these are teams that we don't support, but teams and athletes that we don't support, but we do we do like them. Uh, I'm gonna say number n- number three for me is Lewis Hamilton. Okay, uh, I'm not a I'm not a Mercedes Benz. I mean, if I think I think a lot of people are hopping off of the Mercedes Benz bandwagon right now. Um and and joining Red Bull, but um, yeah. but like uh, obviously like for me for if you guys want to know who, what the F one team I support, it's actually Haas. Which two reasons they're American, and then also they're comically hilarious on on Drive to Survive. So um, yeah, I chose them specifically for the comedy of being a a Haas racing fan. Um, there's no other reason besides, and also I love Gunter. <laughs> like I, I feel I feel so bad for him. I hope that he can finally have a, a competent car with some competent racers. <laughs> but also I love him because of the fact that like if things don't go his way, he's just hilarious when he's angry. Um so I love Gunter. But uh but obviously when it comes to drivers, I, I truly respect Lewis Hamilton. I think I think he really is one of the best racers that I've ever seen. And obviously I don't really watch a lot of Formula One, so I can't really tell you who's the real go to racing. Uh, probably, probably, uh, Schumacher is who I'm assuming is yeah. one of the best ones. Um, and obviously Lauder is probably another goat, but, uh, and which funny, funny enough, but Lewis Hamilton was obviously under the, the mentorship of, of Lauder. Um, so, so, Hey, um, but I don't know. I've always, every time I watched an F1 race and I saw Lewis Hamilton, it just, he just looked great. Like, you know, you, you just, he's just flying off the racetrack. Um, obviously with the, it's F1, I'm being more intrigued by it because it's like the car can really dictate on how good the racer can really be. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, I mean, dude, honestly, any little thing 
could go wrong with that shit, especially yeah. like the like the, the steering control arm, bro. Yeah. Oh man. But like, so the thing that, because like, obviously, like the lower the lower teams obviously don't have like the resources, like teams like Red Bull, or or Ferrari, or even Mercedes at the time. But like, you know, but like you know, with those teams, and it it was weird because like I guess out of nowhere, Mercedes just decides to just just design a whole new different type of car, and now it's just not working for Mercedes. Um, all of a sudden, just things aren't working out for Mercedes. Um, so I mean, the car definitely is a big dictator of how good the racer can be, but like sometimes there's racers that like just can perform regardless of the car. Like, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Like, I will tell you, I'm a Checo Perez fan. Like, that's my guy. Even though I'm not really a Red Bull racing guy, but like Checo before he went to Red Bull, I like Checo before then, and I like him even more now. Um, because I mean, he was doing really good even with the cars that he had initially. But like I don't know, formula is interesting. But I I still think Lewis Hamilton is arguably one of the best racers of all time. Mm, yep, yep, I agree. Um, and then my number two is Uruguay. <laughs> okay, I mean Obviously, I know, yeah, you know, I I have like a weird soft spot for Uruguay. And then uh, yeah, I really have no nothing else to say. I like Edison Cavani. I like Luis Suarez, even though he's Having a, he's got a lot of conflict with the country, with the continent of Africa, um, for mm-hmm. many for many reasons. Um, not gonna specify what what, but uh, but you know people don't like him, um, and I and respectively so. Um, obviously I've I don't know how I I I've I've never shut up about Fernando Musleta. Um, I still think he's probably one of the best goalkeeper, very underrated goalkeeper. I think, um, Diego Godin, dog, also played for Atletico Madrid. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. a lot of Guaraguans play for Atletico Madrid now that I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah. Wait, I guess Jose, Maria Jimenez, Jose Maria Jimenez, is he Uruguayan or is he Uruguayan? Yeah, he's, he's, he's Uruguayan. Okay, okay. I guess, yeah, I guess the reason why I like Uruguay is because they got dogs on their team, apparently. <laughs> Valverde, <laughs> dog. <laughs> so, yeah, I like Uruguay. It's funny. I think it's also interesting because the country is like super small. You know, Uruguay when it, in, in in like in in comparison to the rest of South America, I think they're one of the smaller countries. And I mean, look how many world class talent they have playing playing in the, like the top leagues of football. So I think that's the reason why. Um, and my number one is LSU. Okay. Okay. Uh, the reason why LSU, um, initially it was uh, the Honey Badger. Uh, uh, you know, Tyron Matthew, the, everyone called him the Honey Badger. That was like the first time I ever watched like college football. I frankly didn't care about college football at, at one point. I was that asshole that would make fun of guys that like rooted college for uh, for college football teams that didn't attend that college. Um, I used to be that guy. But like I started actually paying attention to college. I watched college football from here and there. Like I'm a... I'm a USC fan, um, and that's mainly because of, like, the Reggie Bush and Matt Liner era. But, obviously, then I started learning more about USC football, and now I like him even more. And Caleb Williams, hopefully he becomes a number one draft pick. But LSU, I don't know. I just always liked, like, their – I like their whole ambiance. Like, that stadium looks really cool. I think they call it Death Valley. I I don't remember. Um, But 
but yeah, LSU like they just they're just really cool. It's a and like not even just in in football. Like I also like their baseball team. Actually, fun fact: Alex Bregman went to LSU. He played for LSU. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I something about LSU. I just like it. I like the color scheme. I like I like majority of the. I don't like the current coach right now for LSU, but like when they had and then I think also because they had Ed Ogeron as their coach. I just love that guy. I mean, I would. I would I would I would run through a brick wall for Ed Ogeron. Um so definitely sold me more for LSU was just cuz coach O was there. Um but yeah, my number one is LSU football. Oh, LSU in general, but LSU. Okay, okay. No no soccer teams. So impressive. Yeah, that's what today. I was like, hmm. I, I guess Uruguay. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Does not compute. All right, what's All your right. three up? So, my three up. Number three. <laughs> Atletico Madrid. Really? Yeah, I mean, of course, when Barca and Atletico are going at it, I go for Barcelona. But when Atletico Madrid is going for it, and like you said, it's I, I think it has to do with the the Cholo Simeone vibe, like him just wanting. They constantly keep going. Their dog, like you said, their dogs. Even come on, I mean, and they have Grizzly in the team. You know, I'm a yeah. Fan. I think a lot you have a lot of players that you like, like a lot of obviously, like it, one of the things that I complained about about Atletico Madrid is the fact that like I don't know what what it is about Real Madrid and Barcelona, but we just don't. We don't fear the idea of giving them our players. Um, yeah, right. And yeah, there's a lot of Barcelona players that that have gone to Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah, Luis Suarez went. Uh, what you call it? Grizzly went from Atletico Madrid to Barcelona. Went back to Atletico Madrid. Jao Felix came from yeah. David Villa. Um, Jao Felix down loan from Atletico Madrid. You know. Um, they they have they have a really good squad and I mean dude honestly for one the player Koke how can I not respect him like he's been there forever yeah uh Koke uh, Saul who proved that he couldn't play Saul in, yeah in, in England even though probably was Chelsea more, more so Chelsea's fault than his fault um, I I want to say yeah I want to say like they didn't really use him right like he yeah. can use his full potential. Yeah, but so, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they've always had like Saul. Saul gave the pass to Morata for him to score. Yeah, the header. Um, so, I mean, always possible. had a good, always had a good goalkeeper. Um, oh yeah, you know when they John they O'Black, had, John O'Black, Courtois. One they point. had Courtois at one point. They had De Gea. De Gea, dude. I mean, it's like they had, they have, they have built up the squad, man. Like that's the thing. It's like it's always funny too because like. You remember Raul Jimenez went left Atletico, uh, left America to go to Atletico Madrid. Uh huh. Like he didn't go to Benfica first. Like I always forget that 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 was actually the pro like how it how it all happened. But because uh, they you know they saw something in Ra- Raul Jimenez, which obviously they're right. But I mean, just his career didn't pan out the way they thought it was gonna pan out. Um, yeah. But but yeah, no, like yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, like. Like even though like Atletico Madrid is supposed to be a rival, like I mean, it, it's so hard not to respect that team. I think that's why I don't I didn't feature, uh, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid on, 
on the down was because like I respect those teams. Exactly. Like yeah, so and once again, like I I don't know how many times I don't know how many times I've said the word dog with Atletico Madrid, but and I said it a lot over there the, at the watch party. Yeah. But yeah, they that's literally what the team is. It's just they got dogs. I honestly I get why Spencer's an Atletico Madrid fan. Because <laughs> I mean, obviously Spencer's a, a, a University of Alabama fan. Um, and I mean, he loves a good dog when he sees one. Um, and, and yeah, that's a literally Atletico Madrid. And then Diego Simeone is literally a dog. So, yeah. So, so yeah. I, mean, I totally get that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. This one, you might actually be surprised. So, uh, this one you you probably supply. Sorry, sorry. Supplies. Surprise. Supplies, motherfucker. Pretty much. All right. So my number two. I'm going to say Mexico. Like the Mexico men's national soccer team. I'm not surprised. So. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. You you know my dad. Oh, uh, he, he is not a Mexico fan at all. Even if they're the only CONCACAF team in the World Cup at that time, they he would be like, nope, I want Brazil to win or I want Argentina to win. I want somebody else to win, but not Mexico. I, on the other hand, I support Mexico because, like, they've been through a lot. Um, they've been they, – they had a good team. Don't get me wrong. They've had the good team. It's just they never built up on it. Like, they've never advanced. So, it's like they, they all advance, and they're like, all right, cool. We can take on Holanda. We can take on England. Hell, we can take on Spain and shit like that. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, all of a sudden, hey, all these young books from Netherlands and England and Spain and Brazil and Argentina, all of a sudden they built the squad better and then Mexico still stuck with the old players because that's what they're stuck with as in like they haven't brought up the other players, which, you know me, let the young bucks play, let them see what they can bring to the table. Don't just let the old the old timers go ahead and do it. I mean, think about it. Like, hell, Andres Guardado was still playing and I'm not taking, I'm not knocking him down or anything. But Andres Guardado was still playing, and I mean, he's already he was already in his thirties playing in the men's national team against all these twenty-one, twenty-two speedy young bucks that would just try to blow past them and stuff. So it's like I respect them for that reason. Like they, and then like the fan base love it. It's fun, all puto chants and everything. I understand that was always like a big pain in the ass, but you know, it's just it became part of the game at one point. Um, and they're also not the only country that does that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just different languages, you know what I mean? No, I mean like Salvadorans you, you say they do all the same stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, nice. I've heard. I think I've heard Guatemalan say it. I've heard Hondurans say it. Like, I mean, all the chance that Mex. It's just that obviously it's a they make it a bigger deal because it's it's Mexico. But um, okay. So I don't hate the national team. I don't hate the players. Obviously, like uh, I used to be work besties with with one of their biggest stars. But like, 
it's not so, so here's the thing about mexico like because you know my sister always mentions this because obviously i'm eric i tell you i'm i'm a big hater of mexico um it's not the team i respect the team i think the team is loaded with talent um i mean if you guys ever look at some of my fifa like especially when i do like rebuild like fifa rebuild career modes like i'm getting mexico players like freaking if you guys don't have uh uh, Luis Chavez, especially if you're trying to rebuild a team and your midfield, uh, you're dumb. But like, it's not the players that I have an issue. It's not the national team I have an issue with. For me, it's the fans. Even though Edward just said that he loves the fans, I and and not I'm not talking about like the fans on the field. Like I don't like the puto chant doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, I I think it's once again just other people being angry for for reasons that we are. It's pretty. I mean, I get it. Don't want to hear the word puto. Don't want to hear the word culero. But like, um, and once again, I don't think that they should be doing. They should. There's other things that they do is a little bit more crazier than that. But like, I get, I get why that they they want that to like calm down a little bit. But for me, it's just like the delusion of some of the Mexican national team fans. Like, I mean, you know, Edward was talking about like the snootiness of Jets fans, but like. You know, some of the most annoying fan bases are like the Cowboys and the Yankees, and I'll even throw in the Lakers there as well. And it's because they brag about shit that happened years ago. And 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 but and the thing that's funny is like Mexico doesn't necessarily have that kind of history because like there hasn't been a team from North America to have won the World Cup. It hasn't, and I'm sure when whenever that does happen, bragging rights galore is going to happen there whether it's Mexico or USA or even Canada, but like, that's the thing though. Like, so like the arrogance of a Cowboys fan, the fact that these guys bring back a, a Super Bowl that happened in the nineties, right. That were like, bro, you weren't even born when that, when it happened, or you weren't even like figuratively thinking when, when they won the Super Bowl. Right. Um, So you have like that kind of like over delusional confidence Mm-hmm. with Mexico and it's like and, and like for me the one of the best examples is the Noeta Pena. Oh yeah. It's clear as day it wasn't a penalty. Robin flopped like there was no tomorrow. Um <laughs> but for me it's just the fact that there is like a belief that if Mexico beat the Netherlands they would have gone to the World Cup that year. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I agree. They probably should have beat Hall. They should have probably beat the Netherlands. I think that they would definitely beat Costa Rica, even though Costa Rica was playing out of this world in that World Cup and obviously the 2014 World Cup, if you guys don't know. Um, but I don't think they're beating Argentina, let alone Germany. Yeah. So, because I mean, if, if, I'm if I'm remembering that that run, I can't I can't tell you who who the Dutch eventually played. Um, uh-huh. I know they played Costa Rica, which I I do firmly believe that. I think Mexico is more familiar is probably the most familiar team that with Costa Rica, so I think that Mexico does beat Costa Rica. The next match I believe was Argentina. Did I think the Netherlands played uh played Argentina in the semifinal, right? Or was it? Or was it? Or was it Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. I really don't want to pull this up right now. 
Uh, I'm just going to assume that they, they would have faced off Argentina in the semifinal. I'm, I'm just going to assume that. Um, so you're telling me that you think Argentina, Argent, Mexico has yet to have been Argentina in, in the knockout rounds. I could, I could probably, it probably could go further than that, but like, I'm just going to say in the knockout rounds, um, in the world cup. And so, and it, it, this is also a, a, a more probably like, would you say prime Messi? No, 2014 World Cup. 2014 World Cup. No, maybe not prime Messi, Messi, but like entering his prime, prime years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so entering the prime years of Messi, uh, his his weakest link was Gonzalo Higuain. Um, I don't think they'd be even with Gonzalo Higuain. I don't think that Mexico beats them. Now, do I think they would have made a good run? I I think Mexico definitely would. But the delusion that some of them would say, like, oh, yeah, we would have been in the final. We would have won the final. Like, I don't know about that. Do I think you beat Costa Rica? Definitely. Do I think you're going to beat Argentina? Mm, no. Um, Make it to the final. And then you're telling me you're going to go in against Germany with the likes of Thomas Mueller, with a, 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 maybe entering, uh, kind of similar with Messi, entering his prime Thomas Mueller, uh, freaking Mezudo Zio, who, People don't speak about his abilities as much as they should, but that dude was one of the best players, especially in that time period. You know, a younger Tony Cruz. Like, come on. Come on. (laughs) Like, let's be a little bit real. Uh, I like, do I, like, once again, do I think Mexico would have gone far? Definitely. I think they would, I think they would, they should have beat Holland. I think it wasn't, I, I could tell you it wasn't a penalty. I can tell you that confidently, but I like to troll you and I will tell you it is a penalty. But in all actuality, yeah, Mexico got hoed in that in that game, um, which obviously one of the biggest things for Mexico, everybody knows, is the fifth game, right? The el quinto, el, el quinto partido, which obviously is the first the first game of the round of, of the knockout rounds, and obviously they have never made it past the first round of the knockout rounds, which has always been their curse. Um, I think that they would have beat the Netherlands, but I don't think they're gonna go further than that. That's all I'm gonna say. So that's my rant about Mexico. <laughs> okay. Love the team. Not uh, okay. So, all right. So, my number one, and you'll be surprised uh, Colorado Buffaloes. You don't like, you don't like Colorado? Well, let, let me put it this way. I remember I go for the Cougars, you know, at U of H. Go Cougars, yeah. you know. But they've been playing damn well. And Deion Sanders, you know, I mean, can't go wrong with that. So that's one team that I don't support, but they're in my up. That's my Oh, uh, okay. I, I forgot that this was a three up. Uh, Yeah. So so you, which is funny because they're about, next year they're about to enter. They're, they're going to join the same conference as U of H. Um, yeah, I know. So. Look. Yeah. I'm just gonna say this. I knew it was gonna happen against Oregon. Uh, I told people TCU was overrated. They were gonna. I knew they were gonna beat TCU. I knew they were gonna beat uh, Nebraska just because like Matt Rule is Matt Rule is, is it's so early for Matt Rule to have like his influence on that on that Nebraska team. Um, Colorado State, you should beat Colorado State. I, the fact that they barely beat them should tell you a lot of things about that Colorado team. Um, 
So Oregon, when you finally had to play against a real contending opponent and you got destroyed in that game, like I'm not gonna say I'm not and then next week they got you know this coming weekend they got they got my USC. I'm not gonna tell you that USC is gonna destroy Colorado because to be honest, USC's defense is just not good. Um but in in a shootout versus Colorado, I like my chances with my boy Caleb Williams. But it's gonna be a fun game. I I, I would say Colorado versus USC. You probably should be watching it because it's gonna be a fun one this weekend if you like college football. But now, yeah, Colorado. No, I I love Colorado just because like I love Prime, like Coach Prime, like what he was able to do with Jackson State. He was eventually gonna have to leave, uh, you know, Jackson State, especially because if he's trying to build up as a as a football as a college football coach, or even going go to the pros eventually. Um, I, I want to see him succeed. I like. I like Shadori Sanders. Obviously, if, if you guys know, uh, I worked in USA football. Uh, Shadori Sanders was actually in that program. Um, so I got to see him, you know, when he was in high school. And I, I mean, I could tell you that kid could play. Um, so it's great to see those guys. Like all the guys that the influence of De- what Deion Sanders has done with Colorado is amazing. And I'm not taking any discredit in any way. But obviously, you know, it. it Rome wasn't built overnight, so it there's going to be f- challenges. Um, and I don't I don't think this team's unbeatable. I mean, it was proven against Oregon, so we'll see how they bounce back against USC. And um, and obviously, like you know, obviously this year, every anything's better than the year before because they only had one win last year. So, all right, they they exceeded expectations, and you know, obviously right now it's just to build confidence with the team and and able to do well in the in the Big Twelve. But yeah, great pick for Colorado. But that's three up, three down. I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. You can check out their website at www.bellyupsports.com. Also follow them on Instagram and X at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. Uh, once again, if you guys are watching us through YouTube, which one? Subscribe to us to YouTube. Go to, go look up Insert Name FC on YouTube. Um, give us a give us a, give us a subscription for sure. Um, okay. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go ahead and subscribe to YouTube as well. Um, but if you guys aren't watching or listening through through like so other podcasting sites, or if you guys aren't watching us through YouTube, you can also watch us through Goals TV. If you guys want to know what Goals TV is, it is the Netflix of soccer content. If you guys are, you know, maybe you guys aren't able to find your find your your soccer content on YouTube. Well, that's what Goals TV is for. So you have it all in one place. Go ahead and check it out. It is free to subscribe. Go ahead and get yourself a subscription with Goals TV and just see all the great uh, content creators out there, whether you're you're specifically to one MLS team. I'm guarantee you there's probably a channel. There's there's a content creator that, that's covering your MLS team over there. If you if you like our content, well, you can find us there as well. Um also, they have great original content like Yanks of the Round Table, where they co- talk about EPL. They have Wake Up MLS, uh, which obviously is their MLS show. A lot of great stuff, man. Go ahead and check them out, man. Uh, great vision for Jose Tejas over there. So, if you guys want to follow them on Instagram at goals g o l z dot tv. Once again, at g o l z dot tv, or at x at g o l z underscore tv. Once again at golz underscore tv go ahead and experience the netflix of soccer content and of course man 
we can't we can't forget about this guy Roosevelt Spencer. He is the reason why we have our dope ass beat for our intro and outros. He's the reason that he's he's the person that's gotta fix our our voices when we're when we do our singing beds. Uh, get ready because at the end of this at the end of this year, we're doing our end of year award ceremony for the Roosevelt Spencer Player of the Year Award, and obviously this is where we pay off our singing beds. So Spencer will be performing the intro, the outro, and also the the uh, performance before we announce our Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. So make sure you guys, um, if you guys love what you're hearing from the beats part, um, well, go ahead and check out Spencer, man. Follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. If you guys need some beat work done, hit him up. He will take great care of you like he always does with us. So thank you once again to Spencer, man. Always love him. He's a brother. He's a brother from my time in the Marine Corps. Um, took Edward in as, as his very own under his wing. Um, so we have so much love and appreciation for Spencer. So much so, we named the award after him. Yes, sir. So, yeah. We love that, dude. Episode 145. Thank you so much to uh, Foxtrot, man. Make sure you guys uh, go ahead and check them out. We'll have the links on the description on YouTube the links in our, on our description for the podcast episodes. Obviously we're going to be sharing their, their info on our social media platform. So make sure you guys go ahead and give them some love, man. Uh, especially if you're a Houston Dynamo fan, man, if you guys are trying to get the information on the Houston Dynamo, check out the Fox Tribe, man. They are very informative. Check out their podcast, Noodle Time. Um, uh, Dynamico, if you want, if you're wanting to listen to an only Spanish version, lots of great stuff right there, man. Keep, Keep supporting guys like like Andres Naranjo, man. Uh, the kid's got a vision. He's building something really good, man. I, and I'm I'm looking forward to see what he's building in the future. So go ahead and give the Fox Shop some love as well. But nonetheless, man, this is episode 145. Thank you for listening. Catch us next week for episode 146, where I think we're going to go ahead and, and do a kind of a look into the second half. I guess we're kind of in the second half of the Liga Mecky season. So we'll go ahead and do a look at the second half of the Blasura. <clears throat> Thanks Sorry. so much for listening. I'm Catch us next no, week no, for no, episode no. 145. No, I lost my voice real quick, dude. <clears throat> Took a chug of water real quick. And it went the other way. <clears throat> it went the other way. <clears throat> Shit. Take care, guys.
Don't